Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The time has come. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night, live from New York City with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies on TalkSport, the home of boxing. I'll tell you something, it doesn't half sound grand, that, doesn't it? Live from New York City. That's exactly where we are. I'm Adam Catterall. It's a pleasure to be in your company for this kickoff special on TalkSport as we do bring you three hours of the very latest from the world of boxing and fight sports alongside me as ever. A man that has been riding motorbikes up and down Malibu for the last seven <laughs> days, but he's managed to hotfoot it across the city and join me in the Big Apple. It is, of course, Gareth A. Davis. How are you, buddy? Well, it's always lovely to be here in New York, Adam. It's a, it's one of the meccas for boxing. Some of the greatest fights of all time have been here. It's a place where Amir Khan made his American debut a decade ago. So it's a home from his wife's from New York. Um, it's always fantastic because you've got great gyms, great history. The New Yorkers love their boxing. And, uh, and as you know, it's been replete all week with media. We're in the media hub here just across the road from Madison Square Garden where you and I were doing some social media stuff earlier on. It's got magic in the air around here. You're gonna, you're, the history's coming out the walls, no question about it. We're going to give you a little bit of that history from Madison Square Garden uh, as this show progresses. You're going to hear some from the big names as well that are involved at the weekend. It is Crawford Khan from New York City and if you need your whistle wetting any further, take a listen to this. Here comes the Olympic pride of England. The defending champion Amir King Khan. I've won everything I needed to. think this is probably one of my last chapters of my career. This is like... And you see Khan's movement, his range, his height looks imposing, and the jab is terrific. Left hand fucks off the head of Khan, Khan's knockout shots look more convincing. Good, good, Steve good Smoger stoppage stops by it. Steve Smoger. Well done. In the eyes of judges, incidentally, oh. he's at least 40 oh. And down goes Madonna. Oh. What a tremendous body tap. And he may not get up. So in 40 seconds, Amir Khan returns to world boxing. And the Terence is up there being one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the world and having the world title as well. Born and bred in Omaha, Nebraska, Terence Bergruffer. Mainly I just worry about keep winning and then everything else will fall into place, but sometimes I do think about the pound for pound list, being that I feel like I should be number one instead of number two. Good body shot by Crawford. Down goes Hank Lundy on a 
Crawford left hand. But I'm not moving too fast. My main focus is on Amir Khan right now, and then after that fight, then we can go from there. what I can, get another big fight. In crime, my very hardest to get another title, and this is where I'm now going into a title fight. So if I win this fight, uh, and then I'll probably have the rematch, then I'll probably call it a day. This is fight night. Kick-off special on TalkSport in partnership with BT Sport Box Office. Watch Crawford versus Khan this Saturday night, only on BT Sport Box Office. I'm Adam Catterall, Gareth A. Davis alongside me from New York City, baby. Uh, we're in the media room at this moment in time, just across the road from the Madison Square Garden. Uh, and we are going to obviously give you a little bit of a preview of the fight. Of course, we are we're going to talk about all the relevant things that are going on in the world of boxing, including all this that's happening with Anthony Joshua. He's going to be in New York himself on June the 1st, we hope. Um, but I think No, the show will go on, Adam. There's no doubt about it. It's just who else well, is going to be it's fighting. New York. It has to go on. Because it's not Jarrell Miller. It's, it's Anthony Joshua Roadshow. It has to go on. Well, we'll get to that a little bit later on. But what I want to do is just maybe... Just for people listening back home, just to give a little bit of a, a picture painting uh, process as to where we're at at this moment in time. Like I said, we're across the road from uh, from Madison Square Garden, and I've no doubt that if you are a sports fan listening to Talk Sport this evening, on your bucket list of things to do, you might be wanting to go to the Ashes and watch that in Australia at some point. You might want to go to the Super Bowl. I have no doubt that on the majority of fight fans' bucket lists, watching a fight at Madison Square Garden is right up there. It has to be. It's, it's on the pound-for-pound pound list. It's got history, um, you know, all the way back, really, to the 20s. You know, um, we got, you know, Jack Dempsey and Bill Brennan fighting in December 1920. It's been one of those places that's been a stopping point for all the great fighters and of course Madison Square Garden and it, 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 the name the Madison in cycling comes from Madison Square Garden mm. I don't know if you know that because it was originally on another site in Manhattan and the Madison was the exact size that that was and so it came here I mean the arena has made the name this square if you like mm. um, which is a big square people populate it they walk up from Times Square we're in the heart of Manhattan we're in the, in the heart of the tourist area in many ways and like you say a bucket list fight in America for not just British fans but also for American fans yes. is a big thing but there's also that magic of New York of you know the, the bistros the delis the, the, the mob who were here in the past involved in boxing there's a whole deep tapestry history my first one of my first um, nights in Madison Square Garden I had my ex-wife with me and um, she sat down in a chair I think it might have been Lewis Michael Grant Lennox Lewis and Michael Grant and um and my wife sat down uh, in one of the seats up in like 10 rows up and I came back later on to see if she was okay and she said oh I was talking to this really nice man who's sitting just there and I said oh that's Jake LaMotta <laughs> he wasn't a very nice man when he was in the ring mm. the raging bull was sitting next to her it was amazing we get, we're going to talk about some of the fantastic fights that have happened at MSG in, in the next section of the show so do stick with us for that so we'll give you a little bit of a, a trip down memory lane uh, because not only some fantastic world level elite level 
pound for pound greats been in there, but some of our very own, our British boys have been in there doing their thing as well. But regarding New York, if you've never been to New York, it is like constantly walking around on a movie set, and that <laughs> most certainly adds to the spice and the, the magic of this weekend, a fight in New York City at MSG, but you feel like you're on the set of Home Alone or, or another different type of film as you turn a different corner, you know, the Ghostbusters fire stations here and all that type of stuff, you know? You, you, you feel they don't know there's it There's magic in the air. Listen, and, you know, all the studios um, from all the breakfast shows that go out in America around the corner and people are being brought in for Tina Fey's comedy show off the street. Yeah. And, you know, um, you've got all the theatres, Broadway's just next to us up here. You can walk all the way from here for 12 or 15 blocks and it is all theatres, restaurants, shishi restaurants, all the big shows. And like you say, it's got a glamour and a glitz to it that, um, that only Las Vegas has, I think, in America alongside this. Mm. But that's an, an altogether different experience. Fights... In, in, in Vegas seem to bring everyone together in one big hotel whereas people come to an event here and then they go and do their own thing in quite a disparate way all the Irish pubs mm. around here of course well, you know. Vegas don't get me wrong is without any shadow of a doubt the fight city on the planet however when you think of sporting cities in the world I mean we're very blessed in the UK to have some fantastic sporting cities London Manchester of course and Liverpool but if you look to what New York brings from a sporting point of view baseball, basketball, you name it, it's done it and obviously fight sports is a massive part of its tapestry. It is indeed. No, of course it is. And if, if you were comparing, you have NFL at Wembley, we've had boxing at Wembley, we have Wembley Stadium is the National Soccer, National Football Association Stadium. Did you just say soccer? I did. You've been I spending did. too much time in America. But right? you know I spent too... Do you know, I spent so much time in America when you were saying about Home Alone and all those <laughs> things and I was thinking, do you know, I am such a, a, a US vet. That, you, I, I'm not surprised if you've got a passport yet, an American passport, yeah? Let's, go, let's not dig too it? deeply into <laughs> my, my um, Matt Damon-esque <laughs> trips around the world you know i might have one or two passports it might be true that um but but like you say like madison square garden it's not the biggest arena in the world but it's got all this you know it's got um it's had ice hockey it's got basketball yeah it's got the big fights the concerts the concerts it's got that feel it's yeah. got that thing there is a magic an energy in the air when you walk in there and let's hope uh, saturday night amir khan and terence crawford really lives up to that adam well as gareth alluded to a couple of moments ago uh that magic being in the air it's been caused by some of the fantastic fights down the years that have involved the likes of Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier, Roberto Duran, uh, and some of our own British superstars as well, of which we're going to discuss next. So do stick with us. It's a kickoff fight night special live from New York here on Talksport. So you on the corner. The working press trying to help Joe back off the ring apron. Referee Goldstein on the left simply looks at the stricken fighter and knows that the ex champion is finished for the night. And it's down. Left hook to the jaw, followed by two rights to the body. A terrific power combination. Brennan's dead game, but he can't make it. It's a knockout. Hundreds of millions are seeing this bout around the world. A packed house at Madison Square Garden. The winner by unanimous decision and still heavyweight champion of the world. Disputed heavyweight champion of the world, 
piece of music with a lovely bit of commentary to give us a little bit of a picture there of the history of Madison Square Garden and some of the fantastic fights that have taken place. You are listening to a kickoff fight night special live from New York here on Talk Sport. Matthew, our uh, producer, did you make that? Did you make that? Or did somebody else make that? No, you're not. You, you, I thought you'd have taken full uh, full credit uh, for making that fantastic little piece there. Uh, Gareth, you've covered many fights in New York at MSG. Just before we talk about the history and everything that's gone on uh, before we arrived there at the weekend, what's your own personal favourite fight that you've experienced there? Wow, the, um, believe it or not, just recently, Conor McGregor becoming a, a two-weight world champion yeah. uh, in the UFC was amazing because I'd written so many stories about the UFC and MMA trying to be licensed in New York. It took them a very long time, one of the last Correct. states yeah. to license MMA. But I think, I think the last fight... Wow, it's really difficult to say. Um, I think the last fight that Joe Calzaghe had here... Was that Joy, uh, Jones uh, Jr.? It, it was against Roy Jones Jr. It was Joe's last fight. Jones Jr. knocked him down in the first round. It was an amazing atmosphere. It had been an amazing journey with yeah. Joe Calzaghe. Um, and it was... It was at a time... We didn't have as many big fights as we have now as well. It was a really, really big deal. He'd already been to Las Vegas and fought and beaten Bernard Hopkins in a nail-biter. And it was just brilliant to have to experience the British crowd over here. Nazim Hamid here with Kevin Kelly. Um, That's the one for me. That's the yeah, one I mean, that stands out. Yeah, it was just an incredible fight. Just, uh, just so incredible. But I think for... for, for personal satisfaction the Joe Calzaghe and the Conor McGregor ones did feel very big because I think things feel bigger now Mm. Um, I think way back then um, Hamid was big um, and it was an incredible fight and it was his first fight in America of course Um, and what was he down three times and Kelly down four something like that an incredible fight Um, but it's it's just every time I've been here, it's delivered. Even when I saw Lennox Lewis fight, um, I think it was Michael Grant here. It was still a great occasion. That might have been in in the theatre rather than the in the the main arena. But uh, um, listening to those fights there, Adam, you know, um, whenever it was, 13th of March, 1999, the split decision draw. Um, against Evander Holyfield that we were hearing there and all the way back to the unanimous decision that Joe Frazier got uh, in the fight of the century, the richest fight in sport at that time, worth £5 million, 1971, two unbeaten fighters in Muhammad Ali mm. and Joe Frazier who'd come back. Both had been world champions and, and, and of course, Muhammad Ali had come out of his of his suspension and his ban as a boxer after refusing to go on the Vietnam uh, war draft for, as an American soldier, um, so th- that was an enormous fight as well. And you know you could hear the the, the kind of passion and emotion in those guys' voices mm. or the announcer's voice when when uh, they announced Joe Frazier as the uh, as as the still or whatever he, whatever they said in the day because he had been the champion so it's just a very special place mm. new york is a very very special town mm. um, and people bring it when they come here because they know it's also that washington might be the political capital of america 
Las Vegas is the entertainment capital of America. Los Angeles is another entertainment uh, capital of America. But New York is the media capital of the world. The pulse starts in New York, and that's why it feels different here. Mm. Um, regarding some of those fantastic fights that Gareth was just mentioning there, obviously you mentioned the Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier fight, but uh, Jack Dempsey and Bill Brennan, Sugar yep. Ray Robinson and Jake LaMotta wow. fought here. Uh, Roberto Duran. They fought Kevin. six times, Adam. Mm. They fought six times, but, but those guys. You know? From a British point of view, though, as you, as you just mentioned uh, a moment or two ago, Joe Kalkazagi against uh, Roy Jones Jr. But Ken Buchanan uh, and uh, Roberto Duran going at it in uh, 1972. And um, he was one of our great exports to America, 100%. John. Bu- uh, 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 Ken Buchanan, by the way. Uh, lightweight. Mm. Um, brilliant, brilliant boxer. I mean, I didn't watch his career. I was, I'm not old enough, but yeah, I always talk about Ken Buchanan with, with Colin Hart, our fr- you know, friend of the show, friend of the station. And uh, he reckons that Ken Buchanan belongs in the top five of post-war British boxers. Mm. And that tells you an awful lot. And But also had that era to fight against. Mm. Had all these great guys to fight against. And, uh, you know, I wonder, I'd love to know how many Brits travelled over for that event. It's probably a smattering at the time. Now, we believe there are 10,000 Brits coming to Anthony Joshua's fight here on June the 1st. That's here, of course. Yep. 10,000 Brits travelling to fight abroad. It's, it's incredible. That's, the, that's incredible. where we're at, though, for a thirst for boxing. You know, I think 10,000 yeah. Brits would have travelled wherever, but I think as well as what we were saying right at the start of the show, the, the thing of having being able to tick it off your, bo- your bucket list, of sporting exactly. things that you wish to go and see in the exactly. world... MSG, a fight at MSG is most certainly one of that on the majority of fight fans. I, I would say, and I would say to anyone, and and this is a boxing thing. I'm sure I've said it on the show before because I because I I always say this when we talk about these things. Not just Madison Square Garden, but get yourself in the first few seats in the front row. Just pay for it for one big fight potentially heavyweight and just go and see an event live if you don't go to boxing because there's nothing like it Mm. there's nothing like the intensity of the energy levels all beaming down towards the ring it's just extraordinary and every fan every sports fan should experience it it will change their view of of what boxing is and why we are we're almost addicted to doing this. It, mm. It's very hard to leave these these environments. We're, well, we're very blessed to be able to do it. And if you listen to the show right now, what we're what we are where we are, we're in the media hub at, the, at this moment, which is in a hotel just across the road from Madison Square Garden. You might hear a few interviews going off. Uh, in the background, I did see Terence Crawford's trainer being interviewed a couple of moments ago. Brian McIntyre, very interesting character, former gang member down in that way. Like mm. loads of loads of backstories. I think he's been shot. He's he's had fights with people. He, he, they they come from a really incredible area. Mm. You got you one of our mates, Tia Fimo Lopez. Yeah. You can hear him. Yeah. He's going to be on the show shortly. We're going to get him on the show, no question about it. We'll yeah, have a little we'll bit of a chair with Tiafimo because he is one of the most exciting t- prospects I, in world boxing. I'll tell moment. you what, and there's one chair between you and me, and he is a bruiser. And I'll tell you what, he'd be knocking us out with his elbows as he steps into the seat. Mm. He is that dangerous, isn't he? He's only about five foot six, though. You know oh, what I mean? I'll tell him. You could, you could wrestle him. I wouldn't mind wrestling him. <laughs> Spiteful man, though, he is in the ring. Spiteful man. Regarding, um, we're going to talk about favourite venues in a moment, in a moment or two. But for you, where does MSG rank? when it comes to being able to watch fight sports. I know that you mentioned the UFC a moment or two ago because it was it was majorly significant. That no, no, it was with, very significant. With, with New York State not allowing mixed martial arts for such a long period of time and then for it to eventually get here. And then not only that, to have the night that they had. I think Amanda Nunes became champion that particular night as well. Conor McGregor went on to become the double champ, beating Eddie Alvarez in emphatic fashion. 
I just remember, obviously, you covered a lot of that all fight week. You were here on that particular night. I just remember what it meant for, for UFC fans and mixed martial arts fans. I know that this is a boxing show and we're talking boxing, but what it meant to be included in that history, if that makes sense. No, it was very special for yeah, the UFC to, to get that. I'm glad you mentioned it because um, it, it was a very similar feel. For me, you know, covering the big mixed martial arts events and the big boxing events for a long time, Adam. In New York, in Las Vegas, well, certainly in Las Vegas, it feels the same. Yeah. You know, um, a, big, a big event's a big event. But it was amazing to feel mixed martial arts. And I'd helped to campaign with people like Mark Ratner, writing pieces again and again and again, going over the process. For them to do that and get that sport, which is a very deserving fight sport, into the hallowed turf. You know, Madison, of course, was named after the fourth president of the United States, John Madison, and, and, it, and it meant something, it meant a flagpole in the ground yeah. for the sport, mainstream acceptance. And, and, and but having said that, when there's a big event in Madison Square Garden, remember that the space in America is very crowded with music and entertainment and, and podcasts and, You're talking and, and shows. Att attention span. Uh, attention <coughs> space. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. To have that here, mm. just as this event this weekend, yeah. to have it here with Amir Khan and Terence Crawford's faces flashing up in neon all over New York, all the way down this strip, Broadway and so yeah. on, it's in the mix. And that's what's important for fight sports, to be in that congested space of entertainment, life, art, the whole L.A., Hollywood scene, fight sports are in there with it. Mm. And one thing that we will be talking about a little bit later on is uh, how well Amir Khan has managed to uh, place himself with the American audience. Correct. I mean, I've spoken to so many... Americans this week. They know him, don't they? Whether it be somebody they who's serving him. me in the in the him. coffee shop. Why oh, you, him. Why yeah. you here, sir? And you tell yeah. them why you're here, and they go, "Oh, right, oh, yeah, that I guy. Know, I know who that guy is. They, I've they seen know, his they know him that. as that guy exactly, yeah. and that's something I tell Absolutely. you. Absolutely, it most certainly is. Uh, we're going to continue our little bit of a chat about venues. We will be previewing the fight as well, and we're going to be speaking to some of the main protagonists. I can see Tifimo Lopez in the room, so we're going to grab him at some point and have a get him on the show. No question about that. Uh, but have a little bit of a think of your sporting venues. What were your favourite sporting venues? You can tweet us tonight, at Adam Catterall, at Gareth A. Davis. DT. DT, I apologise. Um, <laughs> and if you are, uh, if you, I don't know, it might not necessarily be a fight sports venue, but what's the best place that you've been to watch sport? It might be the Camp Nou, it might be uh, the MCG in Australia, who knows, right? Down it's in the park in Barnsley. It might be that, it might yeah. be that. Wherever it is that you've watched sport and you've thought it's taking your breath away like it does for us when we go to MSG, get in contact with the show, we'll share your thoughts uh, over the next 10 to 15 minutes, all right? So do keep them coming. You listen to uh, a kickoff fight night special live from New York on TalkSport. Yo, Black, it's time. Word. Bird, it's timing. It's time, man. Alright, begin. Yeah. Slide the tweet, don't the listen to me. Dungeons of rap. Uh, you listed to uh, kick off a fight night special live from New York. I'm Adam Catterall, Gareth A. Davis uh, alongside me. We're out here for Terence Crawford versus Amir Khan. We'll be speaking about that shortly and hopefully uh, hearing from the two main protagonists and a little bit from the undercard as well. So make sure you uh, stick around uh, for that. And thank you very much for your correspondence. Uh, now, as I said, uh, I asked you to get in contact with the show with your correspondence of fantastic venues worldwide that you have consumed sport. It doesn't necessarily have to be fight sports, just where you've gone that it has absolutely taken your breath away. Croke Park's come up a couple of times, actually, uh, in Ireland. Obviously, uh, a lot of football fans listening to the show this evening on your way home from work or on your way out for the evening, uh, talking about 
the time that they went to Barcelona to go to the Camp Nou. Um, a few cricket fans obviously mentioning various cricket grounds uh, in Australia that they've gone to go and watch the Ashes. Um, and MSG has popped up a couple of times. A lot of people big fans of uh, MGM Grand, obviously in, uh, in Las Vegas. But where does it rank for you, MSG, compared to all the places that you've been stateside to go and watch uh, fight sports? Because for me, there's nothing quite like a fight in the States. Is this your number one, Madison Square Garden? In boxing. In general? No, Millennium Stadium, Wales, when Wales are playing rugby, is pretty special, and everyone's singing for three hours before, and they beat England. Even boxing in the Millennium Stadium is pretty sensible. <laughs> no, it is. With, with no, the, I agree. No, I agree. no, look, listen, you've got to say, and we've experienced it in, in just latterly, really, with Anthony Joshua, when the lights go down and they sing Sweet Caroline and Joshua walks into 90,000 at Wembley, it's not just pretty special, it's awe-inspiring. Yeah, it is. It's and good. I have to rank that as one of the great places. I've probably done 25 fights at Madison Square Garden, something like uh, at, uh, to MGM Grand, rather, in Las Vegas. And I like the rhythm of it. I like the giant media rooms. Um, I like the journey to the hotel. I like the journey through the hotel to the media rooms. I like the venue. It's very compact. I watched a lot of Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather there and Ricky Hatton and, uh, no, Joe Calzaghe fought in the, the, the um, where did he fight? Thomas and Mack, I think it was. But the thing is, it's, I don't know, it's just stamped in my heart as a period I covered quite a lot. Listen, I've done a fight at Dallas Cowboys Stadium, which is like a city. Well, I was going to ask you, you about been that. There? No, I've not I been mean, to the stadium, I mean, but I've obviously seen quite a few there. Errol Spence is doing bits there. I know Canelo fought there against Beefy, yeah, didn't he? I, what I, is that like? Because that looks awesome. Do you know, I, went, I did um, Manny Pacquiao against uh, Joshua Clotty there. Yeah. When Pacquiao did the double punches that night, I'm doing it at the moment, he's punching in both sides of the head because he hit the guy about a thousand times and he couldn't put a dent in him. Tough as teak. Um, and, and Clotty and him was like, there were, I think, 68,000 in there and it felt half full. Mm. When you walk in they there... They can do about 100,000, can't they? I think it's more. I think it's 120. The screen above... I was about 20 rows back. The screen above the ring, you know, the big screens, yeah. was 40 metres by 70 metres. Call metres. them a gigatron or something like that. 40 metres by 70 metres. I remember craning my neck to look at it and and then crick my neck. And it's it, the trouble is we're in, in an arena that big, mm. the noise kind of evaporates up too much. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm sure for the American football it's really full, but it does feel... When you drive up to it, because I think the Rangers Stadium, I think it is, is nearby. I think it's the Rangers. I may have that wrong. And it's the old uh, baseball stadium. And it just looks like a little chicken's egg against a city that's just arrived yeah, yeah. from the skies. It looks like a giant city has just landed from the sky. It's in the middle of nowhere. I've just, I've just had a tweet from uh, uh, a friend uh, of ours, David, who is a Spurs fan. Yeah. And he says the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is the best stadium in the world. Have you seen it? I mean, listen, I'll tell you something. It does look very impressive. And I wouldn't mind them sticking a boxing ring in the centre circle there. And, uh, well, look, well, that area needed improving anyway. And as an Ars- speaking as an Arsenal fan, <laughs> I've, I've kind of a slight lapsed Arsenal fan. I was just a correspondent on them for about four years in the Wenger period with Dixon, Keown, Keown Bold, all those guys, top boys. Um, but I just... The acoustics in there do sound amazing, though. That would make I'm some sure venue for I'm, boxing. Listen, I mean, I'm sure there will be fights there. They've had big fights at White Hart Lane before. Remember in the, yeah. the Eubank and Ben era, they had the fights there. So, you know, let's hope we go back there. Let's let's. I think, actually... We could do with more football stadiums. I mean, I think the last year, Josh Warrington and Lee Selby at Leeds United yep. at Elland Road was phenomenal on a balmy evening. You well, if you, think, if you think about stadiums hosting fights, and we've been very, very blessed over the last two years, haven't we? I mean, 
as a, when I was growing up being a Ricky Hatton fan, I remember him fighting at the Etihad. Mm. But that was like a, an anomaly. It was like a one-off situation yeah. where you went to a stadium and enjoyed a, a stadium fight. Whereas over the last two years, I mean, like you mentioned the Millennium Stadium. Anthony Joshua's done that. We've been to Wembley on a couple of occasions. Yeah. We've been to Ellen Road. We've been to Bramall Lane. You know, there's talk that they want to do something like Anfield. We went to Goodison Park for Bellew. It's getting crazy, isn't it? You know what I mean? Because of the thirst for boxing. Obviously, people can sell mul- multiple hundreds and thousands of tickets now rather than just the odd you, you know no, no disrespect to York Hall but that type of capacity when it comes to a venue there's a thirst out there so stadiums are becoming more and more prevalent I think what they have is I think when you're bringing your big local football team for example to or your fan the fans of your big local yes. football team that's what I enjoyed about Ellen Road with with um, Josh Warrington, who's actually was he chairman of the Leeds Supporters Club yeah. as well. With, with something like that, it's wonderful to to, to 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 have the filmic quality of a local populace coming out on that one night where they've maybe not been to boxing before. Sixty yeah. percent of people are there, and you see them curious about so many things. But create a football atmosphere at the fight, exactly, and, they, and behave, and they as they yeah, do, they behave brilliantly. You know, and they get a bad rap on, but they, but um, and, but what I like watching is the curiosity of people like enjoying like a, an undercard scrap where people are really going at it, and the cra- it kind of wakes the crowd up and yes. enlivens them, and that kind of build is what I really enjoy. Listen, I'm really even looking forward forward to um, Billy Joe Saunders fighting Stevenage. at Stevenage uh, Football Club yeah. in front of 10,000 outdoors on May the 18th on the same night that Deontay Wilder fights Dominic Brazil just down the road here at the Barclays Centre in Brooklyn, which yeah. is also quite a nice small Same night stadium. as Josh Taylor as well. Same going for his night as title. Josh Taylor. Um, you know, v- venues are peculiar to all of us. We, we, we have rhythms in our lives. You know, if you go back to the Muhammad Ali, if you go back to the, the 80s when Bob Arum, the promoter of this event, was doing Hagler, Hearn, Sugar Ray Lenders. Caesar's Palace was the place That's the one. in Vegas at the time. And they would build an arena in the, in the ground sometimes for these, some of these fights. Yeah. So, you know, you go back way back before that and, you know, the Soldier Field, um, the, the, the New York Yankee Stadium, they, they used to just get people in. Mm. You know, the first million-dollar crowds were in Chicago. They got 100,000 people in, packed into a field, remember? Not a, not a banked stadium. They would pack people all standing into a field. That's phenomenal. Mm. Just <laughs> the passion flowing out of this man today. Just quickly, on Madison Square Garden, compared to other venues around the world for fight sports, you, when, when you have photographers um, at the side of the cage or side of the ring taking pictures... And they just catch, uh, capture a glimpse of the ceiling with the iconic beading lighting, mm-hmm. or maybe like we've just talked about the big screen. I mean, MSG's got a very iconic big screen right in the middle there that they use for the basketball, and they'll be using it at the weekend for the for the boxing. You can instantly tell a picture from MSG. I you think can instantly. You, you and can, that's, and that's the biggest compliment I can pay. And you know what it does in that moment when you see it, you go all the way back, you, certainly to '71. A lot of people remember the photos of Ali and Fraser, of course, and it takes you back in time. Yeah, and it is like a time capsule. And remember where we're sitting around here. There are lots of theatres. That fight that night. You couldn't get a ticket for it, by the way. That fight that Burt Lancaster worked front row commentating, and I think Frank Sinatra worked for Time magazine that night, taking photographs for them so that they could get right ringside. That's how difficult it was to get in that night. People were watching it in theatres all around here, in cinemas, and you know what they even did? And they would have both been... 
um, fighting Southpaw, they put seats behind the cinema screen, so you're off <laughs> watching them backwards. Yeah. And they sold tickets there. Two men had heart attacks and died that night. The excitement was wow. so vast here. It was You can imagine, it was the biggest sporting event on earth. Hmm. It was $5 million in 1971 for two men to fight. That's why. That's where that phrase, the richest prize in sport, came from. You know, Two undefeated, black American, African-American, black heavyweight champions of the world, both undefeated, the time of Don King, Roots was coming out, you know, the famous series about the emancipation mm. of black slaves. It was a powerful moment in, in, in the movement for African Americans here in America. Mm. We know that. Ali was this free spirit that abounded. So you can imagine the excitement around that entire event. And we've had it here time and time again. And Ed, as the, as the hours and the days go on, it just builds and builds and builds. We're going to talk about um, the success of British fighters coming to America uh, in the next section. So make sure you stick with us. This is a fight night kickoff special on TalkSport in partnership with BT Sport Box Office. Watch Crawford versus Khan this Saturday night only on BT Sport Box Office. We'll be back in a minute. Kickoff fight night special live from New York City with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies on TalkSport, the home of all control and it'll all be over. Yes, that's it. It's all over. Third knockdown. And in the eighth round, Nigel Benn won the WBO Middleweight Championship of the World. Yes, it is. It was a knockdown. It was a knockdown. It's Castillo with it. And he stays on the canvas. And this fight is over. Perfect left hook to the liver ends the fight. I just touched him to the head. He was crossing his elbows over. A little bit Archie Moore type style, you know, and... I just touched him to the head, slipped round and found the gap behind the elbow. By majority decision, and the new Come on, it's a tall tapper. <laughs> you knew that we were coming with these tunes tonight. You knew that that was going to happen. Uh, this is Fight Night, kickoff special on TalkSport in partnership with BT Sport Box Office. Watch Crawford versus Khan this Saturday night, only on BT Sport Box Office. I'm Adam Catterall, Gareth A. Davis uh, alongside me. If you are just tuning in uh, and you're a football fan and you're maybe looking for a little bit of commentary, we do have commentary of the Europa League. Uh, again, Arsenal is involved in tonight against Napoli. It's on TalkSport 2, though. Uh, tonight with us, obviously giving you the big preview for the big fight of the weekend in New York City. That's where we're live from this evening uh, for this Crawford versus Khan. Uh, build up and there's some fantastic uh, fights on the other card of which we're going to be speaking about uh, a little later on we'll also get across everything that's going on in the world of boxing obviously with the breaking news this week of uh, Anthony Joshua's uh, opponent for his day in Madison Square Garden on June the 1st uh, falling through with uh, Jarrell Miller what next we'll discuss all that uh, a little bit later but that's uh, that what a what a disaster that it is, is a disaster, by the way. But like it's I said, an we'll talk about it disaster, Adam. The, really, the, uh, how can you be having the biggest payday of your career like tenfold, and you go and do that? Sorry, I know. I just I'm so annoyed about it. We'll get to it later. We'll let you have a good rant later on, all right, my friend. Uh, but the music there was kind of uh, building us up yeah. nicely to some of the great successes that British fighters have had over here in the States of recent times. Obviously, Anthony Crawl had an opportunity last week. He came up short against one of the pound for pound best, and. Uh, uh, Amir Khan's got an even an even bigger opportunity probably this weekend to become a, a world champion against Terence Crawford. Yeah, and, 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 and a little indent there into that, that package that played. We heard from Ricky Hatton there, obviously. Yeah. His second fight, you know, in his career, of course, was a Madison Square Garden 21 years mm. ago against uh, Robbie Alvarez. 
because um, I remember Ricky saying how amazing it felt. He was way down on the undercard there, and a smattering of a crowd. He always talks about it, mm. how it meant something to him. Because, of course, when he became very well-known, he had, I think, one fight in Boston, and the rest were pretty much in, like, seven or eight fights in Vegas, mm. you know, against the likes of um, Malinaji, Mauser, Colazzo, Yarango, Castillo, some great names, Paulie Malinaji, who Amir Khan fought here ten mm. years ago when he made his American debut. Did he not fight him in the forum, though? No, he fought him in the small room, didn't he? I don't think he fought him in the big room. I think this is Amir's um, debut in the big room, what he was insinuating yesterday. Yeah, it is, no, it is. It is, it is te- it? But, but you've still I'm getting fought, the nod here from but, David but, from the but, mirror. He's telling me that I'm right. But you st- you've still <laughs> fought at Madison Square Garden. Yes, all right. But the the big room compared to the forum is... is that's the one. The big room's the one. That's yeah. where you want to well, be. Of course it is. Yeah, I mean, you, of course you do, because it is the big hall. But it's, I think, you do have smaller shows here that have played their part in history as well. Um, so look, it's a massive occasion mm. for Amicon. It, it, it's arguably, apart from Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather, n- and, and this is, I'm sorry to say this to Cal, excluding Cal Brook, this is the biggest fight. And, and Canelo, this is the biggest fight Amir Khan could have right now. There isn't a bigger fight out there for him, mm. frankly. Um, regarding the success of Brits abroad, in America in particular, obviously everybody would put uh, Lloyd Hunnigan's fantastic victory over Donald Curry. Um, and Atlantic City just up the road. Well, yeah. I was just going to say, Atl- down the road. Atlantic City is actually quite a decent stomping ground for uh, British fighters because you remember Darren getting his uh, world title there. Against Daniel Gill. Yeah. Yep, yep, mm. yep. I think Nigel Ben won, is in Atlantic Nigel City. Ben, well, yeah, yeah, I think we heard that earlier on. Yeah, look, there have been some great Let's all go to Atlantic City then. We shouldn't fight we, anywhere we, else. We, we used to. We <laughs> used to. Listen, Donald Trump promoted Mike Tyson there, if you remember, years ago in the Taj Mahal. Um, did several fights and, and, you know, boxing promoters said he couldn't stand it and he, he went to do an easy your job he became the president of the united states didn't he uh, listen madison square gardens named after the fourth president of the united states as i've said before mm. imagine if it was called trump square garden well we've had fights at trump towers haven't we we have there indeed you, yes there you go um it's got- all about promotion it's all <laughs> about promotion really that's why he got into it you mm. know um but but as you say it's been uh, atlantic city's kind of gone quiet at the moment clarissa shields and and um christina hammer mm. fought in a brilliant women's middleweight fight there uh last weekend historic and, fight exactly historic fight for women um the unification of the middleweight titles but in in general it's got very sleepy there there aren't major events all the time there at the moment it tends to be los angeles new york and las vegas Mm. They're the big venues. Mm. Of recent times, for, for for fight fans that maybe didn't live through the era of uh, Lloyd Hunnigan and Donald Curry, that Gareth's going to get distracted now because someone's brought us food. This, this, this is a nightmare. I apologise if you are listening to this show and you're expecting high-quality, non-eating on the radio. You know what he's like. He's going to lose his hey, mind. In a that was perfectly silent. That was perfectly silent the way I brought my peanuts and crisps onto the table. And so, don't, and no matter, no, because I have been noisy on air when I've been starving before. It's one of, the, but you know what? Look, let's digress for a moment and talk about what we go through on these weeks. What we people do. aren't bothered, man. All right, they, fine. They, okay, they, that's they, fine. They yeah, know, let's carry on. No, then. no, listen. They know full well that we're in New York City and we're having the time of our lives. We're not going to lie. We're having the time of our life. We're covering a sport that we absolutely love, don't we? There's no, we hard, do. there's and, no and hardships. I do, here, and guys. I've let's been be doing honest. it 28 years there's pretty no much, and I've been traveling on the road long. But what happens is, it sounds like we're brothers on holiday yeah. yeah that but we're not we just end up working all the time but we love it no but that's what i'm saying that's the, <laughs> the beauty is that we love working but we never stop we're for, 19 hours a day for for the modern era british fight fan what is that what is the moment in america have we had that moment in america yet um well, Ricky Hatton against Floyd Mayweather was amazing. I mean, 25,000 Brits supposedly travelled over because there were 
tens of thousands outside the arena who didn't get in. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that was an amazing moment because Hatton fought Pacquiao and Mayweather, who were the number one, number two pound for pound in the world. Um, at the time. So in that sense, even though he came up short against Pacquiao and yeah. had a great fight against Floyd Mayweather, to be honest, when you look back on it, um, Amir has had good fights here, but not the big, great fights. I think this is one of them. Mm -hmm. You know, Canelo was always a step too far. It was the opening of the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Yep. So again, that's another notch if we if we add the legendary form of Amir Khan in America. Um, Lennox Lewis against Evander Holyfield was very big here. That's the one. And it was very controversial. I think if, in if my year, them, that's the one. If all of them, that yeah, 99, you know, kind of 20 years ago, of course, mm -hmm. that, that's probably the one that, that, that resonates the most because it caused all that controversy. Everyone thought Lewis won that mm. first fight. I mean, I do. I'm sure you agree with me. Everyone knew he won it, but it was seen a draw. And what did they do? They went back and they made 200 million. Uh, where was it? Vegas, did they go? I can't remember now. I think they went mm. back to Vegas. So. Do, you, do you think we're going to see? Because you're mentioning a time there. I mean, you mentioned Naz earlier on with his debut here against uh, Kevin Kelly, which is probably still my favorite fight of all time. You know, that four rounds, absolute barnstormer. We went through a nice little period there in the 90s of British fighters competing at the very, very highest level in some of the most iconic venues in the world. Don't get me wrong. I love it in Great Britain, and that's where I want the majority of... Because I'm just selfish. I want the majority of the fights over there. But there is something quite romantic and beautiful about coming to the States and fighting. And, and every fighter will want to do that. It's bigger do than you, that, Adam. Of course. It's bigger than but that. But do you not think now that we are start, the, the starting to... With Anthony Joshua coming here and a couple of others coming here, we're now going to be starting... That, that movement that we had in the 90s where a lot of guys are coming over here to make the tread it will and, and hopefully compete at the It will level. always be that because in Britain you're fighting in Britain. Here you're fighting on a continent. I did a column in the Telegraph. It's either yesterday or t today. It might be in today actually, in today's paper about how the exodus to America was always coming. The big paydays are here because when you can harness two million people here to watch a pay-per-view event, they pay, they're used to paying three times as much. Mm -hmm. The resonance is greater across a, a much greater audience and if you can elevate that sports star over here onto that landscape I was talking about from entertainment where you are getting them on the Hollywood shows yeah. the LA shows the talk shows the, the Jimmy talk Fallon shows, shows and all exactly. that exactly and yeah. all these shows you are going to you're going to elevate that that athlete that sports star to that next level that's what DAZN want to do with Anthony Joshua um, um, that's what ESPN uh, want to do with Tyson Fury they see them as crossover stars and it was inevitable once Tyson Fury fought here last year and did what he did against Deontay Wilder and that once the time ran out in the UK selling out these stadiums um, for Anthony Joshua he would need to come to America because you need to succeed here to be a proper global star in the sport uh, we are going to start previewing uh, the fight that we're going to be witnessing at the weekend between Terence Crawford and Amir Khan. How does Amir Khan approach this fight? Uh, how does Terence Crawford appro approach this fight as well? Do stick with us. This is uh, a fight night kickoff special uh, on Talk Sports, and there's plenty more to come over the next two hours. Kickoff fight night special, live from New York City, with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies on Talk Sport, the home of boxing. Uh, this is the Fight Night kickoff special on TalkSport in partnership with BT Sport Box Office. Watch Crawford versus Khan this Saturday night only on BT Sport Box Office. I'm Adam Cantrell. We are live in New York alongside me, uh, Gareth A. Davis. Hopefully, uh, a little bit later on in the show, you will be hearing from Amir Khan. You will be hearing as well uh, from Terence Crawford and 
Uh, we'll have a little bit of a sit-down with Tia Fimo Lopez, a guy that I have tipped for greatness. Hopefully he can uh, live up uh, to my expectations this weekend at Madison Square Garden. Excited to see him uh, doing his thing. But I think it's only fair now, Gareth. We've had uh, a lovely little bit of uh, a build-up towards what New York City is and what Madison Square Garden is. We need to talk about the fighters, and we'll start with our our Brit that is in action, obviously, uh, this weekend, uh, Amir Khan. Before you wax lyrical about him, though, my friend, take a listen to this. I can never go back. The success story of Amir Khan goes on. Our range, certain defeats. Huge right hand, and Khan down. It's all over right here. An Olympic silver medalist, two-time world champion. Yeah, my critics never stop talking. They say I'll never be a champion again. The legs did a funny dance. My chin is shot and my time is up. They say this is the wrong fight. Crawford is too strong, too fast, too skillful. It's the best in the world. They say I'm he's a king. They say it's over for Amir Khan. I say stop talking about me. I will just be a memory. A dazzling attack. I say, you will never forget my name. Amir Khan. Oh, just listening to the things that Amir Khan has achieved in his uh, in his career. He's absolutely getting the hairs on the back of my neck, standing on end. Um, we just had a little bit of a, a BT Sport uh, promo there, didn't we? Um, for, uh, for Amir Khan. Um, regarding Amir's career... I don't think he gets enough love from the British fight fan. I think that they see the knockouts against Canelo, they see the knockouts against the likes of da Danny Garcia, and they kind of judge him on that, which is a real shame, because if you look down his resume and the type of guys that he's got in with, the type of fights that he's taken, and then the type of performances that he's put on, he deserves a lot more credit than he gets for me. He does, but I can remember saying from a very long time out, Adam, that I can see Amir Khan finishing his career with 30, like a 35-5 and five record. He's never not in exciting fights. Absolutely. Because of his style, because of his tenacity, because th th with him very often, when he's caught, the game plan goes out of the window. He is always that exciting figure. Listen, the fight, I was there live with Marcos Maidana, and in the 10th round, he got butchered, literally, for two and a half minutes, having dropped Maidana, that very few other people ever managed against him with a body shot early in the fight. Amir Khan that night was incredible. Yeah. And, and being around him on occasions like that, and then against Devin Alexander, and also in Las Vegas, mm -hmm. MGM, where he was so brilliant, the kind of performance he needs against yep. Terence Crawford, where he's in and out, he's sharp, he's fast, and he's got his timing right all night. His chin was a lot better then as well. Um, and Devin Alexander, he took at the right time. But he came to America early. Look, what he, what, here's what Amir really did. And he showed it when he went on Celebrity. I'm, I know I'm going to bring this kind of reality TV in here for a moment. He showed it when he went on Celebrity Get Me Out of Here last year that... He has star qualities. And what he did was he had star qualities when he came into the Olympics at 17. He was the first prominent British Pakistani Muslim 
whose dad was wearing the Union Jack waistcoat, or vest as they stupidly call it over here. You know, it's a waistcoat. His dad was wearing the Union Jack waistcoat. Um, they were a family that was celebrated by the British public. And what's happened is he's kept his ties with Pakistan. He had his bling period. He was a playboy for a while. Yeah. He's married into an American... Just on that, just uh, on that bling period. Yeah. That, I think that period maybe turned a few fight fans I agree. off. Because I agree. you have a young lad coming through, yeah. been extremely successful. You yeah. go brash, you go big with the watches and the cars and all that type of stuff. And people... Turn the nose up about but at that. the age of 17, Adam... Of course, the, we'd all do the same thing. Of course we but would. But at the age of 17, he became a national hero. And he, everything he did then, every time he picked his nose, people were watching. Mm. No, he picked his nose a few times in the wrong places as well. He did a bit of that. But it's been a long journey. It's been a 17-year journey in the public eye, hasn't it? You know? mm. And I think you just mentioned, obviously, that reality TV show that he got himself involved with, which showed off... The innocence, I suppose, of exactly. Amir Khan. I think he has grown up a little bit. And then the he doesn't have that. bad bones in his body. He's no, not as a human listen, being. He's fun. You I've know? been very, very lucky to have interviewed him a few times and spent a bit of time in his company, and I like him. He's just oh. a nice guy, and yeah. I wish him all the best. But that's just a side of what he's mm-hmm. actually achieved in the ring. You look at what he's achieved in the ring, and you mentioned a couple of fights there. The Devin Alexander fight is, is perfect for you to bring that up because that, for me... Even though I wouldn't class that as his most exciting fight, for me, the Maidana fight is the most exciting fight because I didn't know what, was, what the heck was going on in that fight at, at certain times. The Devon Alexander performance was absolutely world-class. It punch, was. It, it was, was punch it, perfect. Footwork was magnificent. It, it was, was. It was tremendous. There have been two fights when Amir Khan was untouchable against Andreas Katolnik when he was still promoted. When he became champion. When he became champion, he was still promoted by Frank Warren Mm -hmm. and that Devon Alexander performance. Um, Their style suited him. Bud Crawford has many nuances, uh, way above and beyond those guys um, who were world champions, of course, but way above. So you're looking at Khan needing to produce a very special performance, a vintage Khan with the maturity that he has shown. Mm-hmm. I've been to see him four times in camp uh, in in this sojourn into America, you know, four times over the last three months. And he does have a maturity about him now. He does know how to prepare properly. He has got a great background coach in Virgil Hunter. If Amir Khan, and I've spoken to legends here, Tim Bradley, another legend of the welterweight division, other people like Andre Ward, who all say, mm-hmm. of course, Khan can do it, but he's got to stick to a game plan. But so often he reverts to type and gets drawn into a battle, into a war. But I think, you know, as a friend as he is of the president or the prime minister, rather, of Pakistan in Imran Khan, the former cricketer and captain of Pakistan in Test match cricket, it, it's that resonance he has beyond it. When he went on celebrities, the highest paid contestant ever, yeah. ever, he's got a huge social media following, he's got a charitable foundation, he does work in Africa, he does, you know, he goes to disaster areas. He's got a lot of responsibility on his shoulders. We've, we've seen him kind of let off steam, like you're saying, you know be a bit of a fool when he was younger in life but from a fight um, fan's point of view from a fight fan's point of view you look at this fight at the weekend he doesn't have to take this he doesn't have to be here he's been world champion alright not at welterweight it was in the weight category below he doesn't have to be here does he but he's decided to take on an absolute barnstormer of a fight whether it's for his own personal uh, achievement of wanting to become a, a welterweight champion or whether it is because you know well the thing is about him it's simply the, the, the thing is about Khan, it's simply he's always chased those pound-for-pound pound fights. He lost time when he was chasing Floyd Mayweather, and Mayweather was teasing him that he was going to take a fight with him. It became very close, but it was not 
fully signed. And I think that's the problem. Khan thought he would fo- face uh, Floyd Mayweather. He's got the fastest hands in the sport. That's his thing. He's got the fastest hands. They're a blur in the sport. That's his selling point. Uh, you know, he's handsome, he's articulate, he sells a fight well, he always delivers in terms of, he's never going to back off and run away. Amir Khan is going to go in there and fight you. Um, and, and the thing is with him, Floyd Mayweather didn't take the fight with him in the end. He did leave the Freddie Roach and, and Manny Pacquiao camp having sparred with him loads and didn't get a Pacquiao fight. But this guy is, it's what Crawford is and what that represents to Khan, mm. which is a massive legacy fight. Mm. He couldn't do it against the huge guy. Canelo was 26 pounds heavier on the night. You know, the Mexican star. But can he do it against the American who's come up in weight like Khan has in similar weights, frankly? Mm. You know, can he do it? The guy's ranked th- in the top three pound for pound in the world. Some people say he's number one. So this is that major legacy fight at the end of that long journey for Khan. Listen to a kickoff special. It's Finite, live from New York with me, Adam Cattrall, and Gareth A. Davis. Do you know this one? Police. No? Engli- Englishman in New York. That's what we are right now, my friend. Sting, isn't it? There you go, you see? There you go. Oh, well, let's have a bit more of this. You like I'll this? Just get, yeah, getting into that. Not enough music. Yeah, thank you, Ian. Back in the London. <laughs> Pump it up, baby. Pump it up. Listen, we're going to uh, hear from Amir Khan now. <laughs> that was uh, lovely. Yesterday, we were at the Madison Square Garden. They were doing the official... Um, press conference. I managed to catch a couple of moments with Amir uh, before he went on stage. Uh, one of the highest, definitely. I mean, uh, I've had goals in my career um, and to win world titles, to then go and chase the Premier Pound titles and then have the biggest fights uh, on the biggest platforms and uh, have them at the best arenas. I really believe that this is the mecca of boxing, Madison Square Garden, and I've had the opportunity now to have a big fight over here. Um, and it's huge. I mean, everywhere I go, billboards are everywhere. Mm. Um, I've been uh, wherever I drive and on, on sides of taxis, on, on the big billboards. And then I, this morning I was at um, the stock exchange um, and that was on television. And I couldn't believe it. Like I was at the stock exchange uh, pressing the bell. So, you know, all this is just something I can tell my kids when they get older, you know, and and, and also tweet about it as well and put it on my Instagram <laughs> so people can see what it's like to be a fighter and a champion, you know, so... Boxing has done so much for me, and I just appreciate the sport. Um, and definitely, like, this may only makes me train harder, it motivates me because look at the good things I get from it. Mm. I've said this about you in the past that you need a little bit of jeopardy in a fight to bring the best out of you, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and to take on what many would class as pound for pound top three fighters in the world, yeah, there is that jeopardy there, so yes. therefore. The mental focus side for you more important than actually getting in physical shape because you're always in physical shape. Yeah, I'm always in good shape for fights. It's just that you know sometimes I kind of don't focus as much in the ring. Uh, if I'm fighting someone like a Vargas who I know I'm supposed to win against, I'm gonna go in there light, take it light because I know I'm gonna win. And then the first round might be easy, second round might be easy and knock him down. I think, wow, do you know what? I could win this fight so easily. Uh, and then and then I kind of take my foot off the gas and yeah. might get caught myself. So, but it's good in a way that this that was a performance, a Vargas performance, which I won still, but obviously it wasn't the best performance that got me this fight. I think they saw that and they saw, you know what, we got Amir, he's a big name in, around the world in boxing, and let's take that win, let's take that fight and take and have get a good win over him. Mm. So I think they made the biggest mistake on that. 
I'm looking forward to this yeah. weekend. As you yeah. said, the buzz around New York City is fantastic. Something else. The, the billboards are all over. Your name's plastered all over there. When you were a kid starting out, oh, yeah. must have been the dream. You know, my dream was to fight at the biggest arenas. And now I did um, I did Vegas many times with Devin Alexander, yeah. Colazzo, and then I did the uh, Canelo fight there. So I've been all over Vegas, um, the biggest arenas from the T-Mobile to MGM. And now to be at the Madison Square, I fought Paulie Malnagy here as my first fight in uh, New York, yeah. but that was at the Forum, yeah. at the smaller Madison Square arena. This is the real one, baby. This is the real one, man. <laughs> we made it to the top one. That's it, man. We made it to the best one, the biggest one. And you know what? This is what dream comes true, honestly. Like, dreams have come true for me. And I just thank God and I just thank all my supporters and my fans who have been very supportive because, you know, without their love and their support, I might have given it up a long time ago. You know, I, uh, I had losses. I came back from them. And this is only a message to the people out there that uh, the people who also box or in sport or in any field that look you can achieve anything in life look at Tiger Woods at the weekend in golf man crazy he won exactly Tiger Woods where no one ever expected him to win he came and, and won mm-hmm. so same again for me you know I'm in a position where no one ever expected me to be at the top level again and I came again and I'm fighting for world titles again at the biggest arenas and and, and you know this is just like I said dream come true for me last one regarding where you see yourself in the, in the echelons of British boxers, yeah. you've got to rank... I know this is blowing your own trumpet, yeah. but you must rank yourself up there because as, as fight fans, hopefully, once, when you do call time eventually and the dust settles on it, people will realise the epic nights that you gave us, the fights that you took, the challenges that you took on, the crazy challenges that you took yeah. on, i.e. Canelo. Yeah. <laughs> people are saying that you're crazy for taking this one at the weekend, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Where do you view yourself? You know what? I mean, look, I I won a world title. I'm all, I'm amongst other world champions in the in the UK. I'm not bigger than anyone. I'm not smaller than. Anyone. I'm just pretty amongst them all. The, we are British. Britain has some great champions and had some great champions. I'm just one of them, you know. And I'm not saying I'm bigger than anyone or I've, I've got the biggest name or, you know, I'm just a simple guy. I, it's just God's been kind and 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 the fans have been very supportive. So, you know, I'm, I'll probably be. Um, just a good mixture with the other champions out there. Like I say, I'm not blowing my own trumpet. It's just brilliant to be in a position like this where I, I've had the opportunity. God's given me the opportunity, uh, and I've also also worked so hard for these for these opportunities. So well, I'll blow it for you, right? Yeah, go when on. it comes to, when it comes to <laughs> entertainment, yeah, it's never dull when Amir Khan's around. <laughs> no, it's never and dull. And that's what fans want. Exactly. We're I mean, paying our money to come and watch you fight. We want yeah. entertainment, and you always provide that. Thirty-seven fights and. Obviously, four losses, but even those losses have been exciting. So <laughs> even even sometimes I watch it and think, bloody hell, I am a, too, a bit too exciting at times. I need to maybe sometimes just um, pace myself a little bit. But in this fight against Crawford, I, I can't be making the mistakes. I have to be very switched on. And if it gets boring at times, it gets boring because he's one of them. He's like a counter boxer as well, a yeah. counter puncher. So if I have to make it boring just to win or get the win, I'm going to do that. He's not wrong. Amir Khan there speaking to me yesterday at Madison Square Garden just before the press conference. We'll uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, just regarding what you were hearing there, Gareth, from my conversation yesterday with Amir, he is entertainment guaranteed, isn't he? And that's how I view him anyway. You could not get odds on an Amir Khan fight being boring. He's lying. Mm. He will not make a fight boring. It's, he's, got an, he's got a style that cannot be boring mm. unless he is looking brilliant and then it's just yeah but that's not boring it's still not boring no but what I mean is if he can move and hit and land and win rounds with ease 
you know, it, it would get boring because he's so difficult to hit if he does the right things. I don't think that will happen with Crawford at all. But, you know, I would, what was nice from Amir there, he's one of the highest grossing British boxers of all time, right? He's earned well over £30 million pounds in career earnings. That's only up there with the likes of Lennox Lewis and Ricky Hatton. And you know what a big figure Ricky Hatton was and what he did in America. Um, I like the modesty in which he didn't say, you know, it's not a, he's not a Carl Froch. Carl's, you know, Carl's right up there in Carl's mind and, and I in mine. But I thought Amir's modesty was, was awesome. And when you look at his career, right, covered it all. He made a mistake as a youthful fighter against Bradis Prescott. He got knocked out in a few seconds rushing across the ring against a very dangerous puncher. Um, he's proven himself a very fine fighter and kind of built his name on that win against Amir Khan, right? And against Lamont Peterson in Washington was his second loss. He didn't lose that fight. I nope. was there. He was bundled out of a, vic- of, of a decision by a very popular local hero who was swayed by the crowd and, and terrible stuff. And I know there's football going on. And then one loss to Danny Garcia in which Garcia timed him well and Khan lost his mind. And he just showed us that he kind of is vulnerable when he's drawn into a scrap. The Canelo Alvarez fight... It was way a step too far. He was ahead on points anyway during the fight. Um, so when, those are the only losses, by the way, in a 37-fight career in which he's been brilliant the rest of the time. He shows, shows us his vulnerabilities, but he shows us his brilliance in his, in his attacks, his skills, his tenacity, and that warrior spirit mm. that he just can't kind of suppress ever mm. to keep a game plan down for 12 rounds. The thing is, even if he's at his very, very best at the weekend, will it be enough to take on the very, very best of Terence Crawford? We'll talk about that in a moment or two because I think Terence Crawford's probably the most complete fighter on the planet. No sleep till... <laughs> This is Fight Night Kickoff Special on TalkSport in partnership with BT Sport Box Office. Watch Crawford versus Khan this Saturday night only on BT Sport Box Office. Do stick with us. We're going to be getting stuck into how we think this fight might play out over the next uh, 15 to 20 minutes or so. Now, this fight of the weekend, we've just been uh, going crazy for uh, Amir Khan, telling you about his career, telling you about all the fantastic things that he's achieved uh, from silver medal at the Olympics in his teens uh, to world titles, unified world titles, fighting some of the very best. Yes, losing some, but winning some absolute epic fights as well and putting in some world-class performances. And I kind of alluded just before we went to the break there, uh, Gareth, would the very best, as we stand right now, as a 31, 32-year-old man, Amir Khan, would the very best version of Amir Khan at the weekend be able to take on the very best version of Terence Crawford? I doubt that because I just think Terence Crawford is the most complete boxer on the planet at this moment. I think Vasil Lomachenko is more complete than Terence Crawford, um, other than perhaps in terms of uh, the actual opponents he's faced and the styles he's had to match so far in what makes career. you say that what makes you say that he's well, more I think complete Loma- than Terence um, because I think against very proven fighters very young in his career he's just absolutely dismantled them they don't want to be in with, there with him I mean we saw Cro- uh, Anthony Crawler levels below him last Friday night and I don't say that disrespectfully to Anthony 
Um, Anthony knew what he was in against there. He could barely get a punch off because a southpaw aggressive counter puncher mm -hmm. is the hardest style. Errol Spence is the same. These are the hardest guys to fight because you have to create the most angles and they're the hard. And, and when they do that, you've got to find a way to unlock them because you're going to have to fight them no matter what. Mm. And I think Crawford is not that kind of boxer. I think Crawford, Crawford is a guy. Well, have a look at you. He starts slowly. He have a look at you. He he's so comfortable in a ring that he's happy to stay in there for 12 rounds if you want. Because he's going to destroy you by the end of it. You see, and that I is the way he thinks. You see, the thing that excites me... Seriously, it's the way he thinks. Right, yeah, but the thing is that excites me about Terence Crawford is that he is always looking for a finish. I think he's spiteful. I think he's always looking for a finish. I think he's as comfortable in Southpaw as he is in Orthodox. Sometimes you can't even tell which hand he hits harder way. I think he's just... The way that he transitions between Southport and Orthodox, I think, is absolutely beautiful. I know that sounds ridiculous when we're talking about fighting, but no, of course it, it's, not. Like, it's like watching it's, a dance at times. It's, we're watching beautiful brutality. He that's is, what we're watching. I think, yeah. I, th I think he's a very, very, very special fighter. No, he, and for me, that's why he's complete, because he can do it. Southport stance, do, he can do it. Orthodox stance, yeah. I think he's top class. Do you, know, do you know, it's interesting you say that, because I don't want to get too technical, because like, people are driving their cars, making their dinner, sitting around, having a youch. And What's a youch? I don't know. I just made it up. I meant like a cuddle. <laughs> I, I meant like a night in a cuddling. Youch. Yeah, a kutch. You're, um, a kutch. Yeah, you a kutch. Well, a kutch. Like a kutch. There you go. Um, <laughs> you know, just like chilling back and, and hopefully listening to us. That um, the, the the thing is about these guys. They he he can throw like you say. He's got equal balance and power. Whether he's right-hand lead, which is uh, southpaw, yep. or whether he's left-hand lead, which is orthodox. And what he does, and Conor McGregor does this as well, who's another brilliant mixed martial artist, when they switch and swing out, they're able to counter with the other hand as they move around, and that's what I think is quite incredible about yeah, it. Yeah, he transitions or, beautifully Or well. transitions out um, defensively. And that's... The, in this fight, right, for me, I was talking to Timothy Bradley about this earlier, and I completely agree with him, and I think this myself. Um... Bradley being the former world welterweight champion, three fights for Manny Pacquiao, that um, Amir's got to go out there and start fast like he does. Yes. And get ahead in rounds. There's no way can Khan be chasing this fight. No. Because I don't think he's going to wear Crawford down. I think he might be able to stun him early and knock him out, which I think Khan is capable of. Because I think you knock anyone out if he gets the right combination of punches together and he's not caught in the counter which is going to be his problem in this fight. Yeah. But if he goes out there and he establishes range and, and gets in the centre of the ring with, with Terence and dances and moves and gets, say, I don't know, 4-1-2 uh, in rounds, 4 to him, 1 to Crawford, 2 drawn in the first 7, we have got a serious fight on our hands. Because if he, if he gets into that pattern, into that groove in the fight, then he's going to, be a, he's going to make Crawford hunt for the rounds and it will suit Khan. I think, and, and he'll have to move and, and you know, try and we've win seen, it We've seen yeah. this uh, with, uh, with Terence before, you know. We've seen people attempt to start fast. He's, his ring IQ's unbelievable. He figures it out. He and, does. But and, that, he, and, and very similar to what you were talking about a moment or two ago regarding Lomachenko. Lomachenko goes in there, mm. and he figures it out as he's going along, and he goes, right, okay, this is what we're going to do, and this is how I'm going to Because that's how good they are. And he gets yeah. it done. Yeah. And you can see... Terence yeah. doing that in his fights you know like you say he might come out and he might start in that orthodox stance but because of the blurring hand speed he might think well I can I can master range better in the southpaw stance he does that and then by like you've just been saying by round five he will have figured out the problem and away we go look he is so comfortable in a ring I've done a big profile on him tomorrow I spoke to Bob Arum about uh, Bud Crawford's background and him a little bit he's a, he's a very reticent talker about the past 
He was hit with sticks, straps, electric cords, beaten up when he was younger and smacked a lot. He's come up with, with a, his, his mum... Miss Deborah loved him, but he had a lot of tough love growing up, Terence Crawford. And it only prepared him for going down the gym in, in Omaha, Nebraska, where, you know, there's lots of ex-gang members and different mm-hmm. people uh, all inhabit the um, biker gangs, people ex-biker gangs, very tough gym he's come out of. I remember being, he, w- he was shot age 21, uh, 12 bullets into his car after going playing dice, and one of the bullets obviously grazed the back of his skull. He's bleeding. He drives himself to hospital that night. He gets patched up. He, he wakes up in his trainer, but Brian McIntyre's there. You know, he's from a really tough place. He's a really hard man. I think the thing is with Terence, because he laced the gloves up at seven, and he's gone in there at seven, and he's really come up the hard way, and he hasn't had the silver spoon in his mouth of winning the Olympic um, medal. Obviously, he, he, was, he lost in the U.S. trials in 2007, 2008, and turned pro because um, he wasn't going to the Olympics. So he hasn't had in America what Sugar Ray Leonard had, um, what Oscar De La Hoya had winning in Barcelona, what Anthony Joshua had in London in 2012. So he's had to come up the hard way. So he's 34-0, and 0, he's 25 knockouts, he's a three-weight world champion, he's got plenty in the bank and a nice farm, 20-acre farm, where he's mm-hmm. going to bring up his kids with a pond, trial bikes, all those kind of things, because he loves his five kids. But he's come up the hard way, and he ain't giving it up easy. That's why I'm backing him to break down Amir Khan by seven or eight rounds on Saturday night and go, I can't let this fight go 12 rounds because this guy is fast, and I think he'll nail Khan and stop him on the ropes. Mm. I think he's also the type of guy, from speaking to him and looking into his eyes, he was obviously the former undisputed champion at the weight category below. He wrote 140 pounds. First one since 2006, so it just shows you his pedigree as well, by the way. Absolutely, absolutely that. We speak about the the lack of uh, undisputed champions in the modern era because of obviously politics and TV and various things getting in the way, but he achieved that at 140 pounds pounds and I think he's got his eyes on that I think he liked the way that that tests and he wants he wants to do that at 147 and if he did do that at 147 then we're actually talking about something remarkable aren't we because of the the talent pool that he's up against and he can Errol Spence Keith Thurman Manny Pacquiao Amir Khan um who else is out there right now who have I just got champ Porter Sean Porter Danny Garcia you could yeah, probably or, put him in Danny Garcia in the mix all these guys are great potential opponents, you know. Um, and apart from Errol Spence, my feeling is he beats all of them. Spence is going to be a different fight altogether. It's going to be... That could be a Hagler Hearns. That could be a return to the 80s. Duran, Leonard Hearns, Le, um, and uh, Marvin Marvelin Hagler. All those guys together. Those two guys at welterweight is that kind of caliber for me it's like it's an all-time great fight between those two Mm. and i really hope it happens and for the listeners of course errol spence i believe is still managed by um al Heyman, and um of course crawford is with bob arum they're like each other well (laughs) if there's enough money on the table they should make it happen Mm. and it will that's a massive fight for america by the way Mm. massive fight if that happens Mm. be brilliant brilliant um, but I want Amir to win on Saturday of night. Course we I don't want Amir to I, I win. Don't, I don't. It's just that he's up, we know that he's up against it because he's fighting without. I mean, everybody here that he's covering boxing will have Terence Crawford in their top three pound for pound. It is a massive all, combat. All, all in different positions, maybe, but the majority of us would have him in there. You know, the knockout of, from from Canelo that where he got banjoed, didn't he? he? Got banjoed in Vegas. He really did in that in, in that first event in the T-Mobile Arena to come back to. 
um, from that, to have the hand surgery, to be away two years, to have this climb again, to become popular again, to win this fight on Saturday night would be one of the great British achievements abroad, in my view. You mentioned Donald Curry mm-hmm. getting beaten by Lloyd Hunnigan. Donald Curry was considered, I think by Ring Magazine, as number one pound for pound, or certainly very close to it at the time. Um, and he did that. Um, Cal Brook over here winning his world title against Sean Porter. What a brilliant performance that was mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Um, you know, there have been some brilliant performances. Tyson Fury against Deontay Wilder, you might say, as well. Um, there have been some brilliant British performances over here. And, and I think, um, you know, it would really rank, I think, with one of the great, some of the great ones if, if Khan does it on Saturday night. Uh, do stick with us. We've got uh, quite a lot still to get through on this fight night special here on Talk Sport. Uh, Lacazette, by the way, has just scored for Arsenal versus Napoli. That means that the Gunners are uh, 3-0 up on aggregate. Uh, they're leading 1-0 uh, away from home as well uh, in this second leg. We're about a couple of minutes to go to half-time. We'll keep you up to date as well with everything that's going on at the bridge between Chelsea and uh, Slavia Prague. It's currently 5-1 on aggregate, 4-1 on the night to Chelsea. They're having a field day, aren't they? Uh, do stick with us. You're listening to Talk Sport. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Kick off Fight Night Special, live from New York City with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies on Talk Sport. Uh, this is Fight Night kickoff special on Talksport in partnership with BT Sport Box Office. Watch Crawford versus Khan this Saturday night, only on BT Sport Box Office. We're in New York City. I'm Adam Catterall, Gareth Davis alongside me. Uh, we're hopefully going to be speaking to Tiafimo Lopez a little bit later on. We've heard from Emir Khan uh, on the show as well. And if you're uh, looking for a little bit of a football fix, maybe you turn the radio on looking for some commentary. Talksport 2 for the Arsenal game if you want uh, a piece of that. And uh, the Moose will be keeping you across everything that's going on in the Chelsea Slavia Prague game. It's coming up to half time. Chelsea are 4 1 up uh, in that particular leg. 5-1 on aggregates. Uh, now, you've been uh, keeping up to date uh, with a man that is making quite a lot of fights here in the States at this moment. He's in the time. news at the moment mm. with the Anthony Joshua, Jarrell Miller situation. Yeah, I caught up 
um, Adam, with the matchroom boxing promoter Eddie Hearn last week ahead of Anthony Kroller's title challenge against um, Vasyl Lomachenko that we mentioned earlier. And Eddie started by talking about his disappointment, obviously, in relation to Amir Khan, that he still hasn't ever managed to make the Kelf Brook fight happen. So, obviously, everyone knows with my big mouth the fight I've wanted for many, many years, Amir Khan against Kel Brook. I tried everything over the years to make that fight. Then we signed Amir Khan on a three-fight deal two fights ago. And um, we got to a situation where I thought that Kel Brook fight was close. Um, received an offer from top rank for a Terence Crawford fight. Good offer, a lot of money. And um, Amir chose that one, basically. And then from there, um, we had the ability through the deal to put that fight on Sky. Top Rank wanted it to be a pay-per-view event. Took it to Sky and they said at four o'clock in the morning, you know, we know it's a good fight, but at four o'clock in the morning, we don't feel that's a pay-per-view fight for our customers. So then they had the ability to sell it where they wanted to. Landed on BT. They made it pay-per-view. It's a good fight. Um, You know, it's similar to the Lomachenko fight in that Amir is up against a pound-for-pound quality fighter in Terence Crawford. The difference being between Amir and Crawler is that Amir has boxed more consistently at that high level over the years, but it's still almost like as much of an ask, I think. And Do you Amir- think he's unappreciated, though, in British boxing circles because he's kind of had a weird yeah, just, topsy-turvy career in some ways? I just think because he's had a lot of his major fights in the US, he's probably not as appreciated as he would have had if he had those fights in the UK. Um, Amir skill speed wise is right up there with Terence Crawford he's just got to be so disciplined in that fight not to engage because Crawford is not a huge puncher at 147 but he's becoming quite a spiteful puncher at 147 I mean I don't think he wanted to fight Amir Khan I think he wanted to fight Errol Spence wants to fight Keith Thurman wants to fight these guys he don't want to fight Amir Khan but the problem top rank have they don't have any 147 pounders so they've got a pound for pound either number one or number two in the welterweight division. But You're got, saying him and Spence. Yes, yeah. but they've got no opponents. So they've had to give Amir Khan a lot of money to be that dance partner. And obviously we're hoping that he can go in and cause an upset. Um, it's going to be very, very difficult. You know, We'll see how much Crawford is up for this fight. If Crawford's up for this fight, it's going to be a tough night's work for Amir. But like I said, skill-wise, speed-wise, he has all the ability to hang... Look, we saw it against Canelo. You know, till he got hit, and then you know, but can he hold the shots against the likes of Terence Crawford? Well, the the de- the problem was with Canelo; he couldn't afford to make a mistake for any second of any minute of any round. Same in this fight. Do you think? Same in this fight. Same in this fight. Because you got you saw Amir get dropped by Samuel Vargas in Birmingham in his last fight. Terence Crawford punches on a whole other level to Samuel Vargas, so he's spiteful. Yes, definitely. So Amir can't afford to switch off in this fight not just switch off to trade which he will do but he needs to stay super disciplined uh, Eddie Hearn speaking to uh, Gareth there Davis uh, was that in Los Angeles last week was it when you yeah it was on the Thursday afternoon of the um, fight week for Anthony Crawler and um, Vasyl Lomachenko and we might have had a few sherbets that afternoon as we interviewed a few of the fighters in an open day uh, <clears throat> 
Scott Quigg, excuse me, Scott Quigg was there, Freddie Roach was there. It was, it was a really nice afternoon um, with, with the American media. It was nice to pop down there. L.A. Sunshine, again, it's such a great... So many fighters train in California, Florida. Um, but, um, you know, Joshua and Miller were going down to Miami to train, weren't they? It's such a great climate for fight sports. New York can be a little bit more haunting, chilly. The wind blows, whistles through these Manhattan <laughs> streets. But it does. We, first night here, Monday mm. night, was freezing. Just on, just on the start of that conversation that you had, William, because... There's straight, a weather report, anyway. St- straight away, <laughs> there was a mention of Kel Brook, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and and for a lot of fight fans, I mean, not for me, but for a lot of fight fans, when they still mention Amir Khan's name, they mention Kel Brook's name. Yeah, that's a fight uh, Eddie now, and we, Kel wanted, we first know, of all, remember. We know that Kel's in town. We oh. know that he's come oh. to New York City, oh. will be ringside well, yeah, at, at the weekend. Of course he should. So what's he chasing? Is he chasing Amir Khan? Is he chasing Terence Crawford? What's he chasing now? I don't know. I'll have to send him a text and ask him, but... Um, no, he, he, he deserves to be here. He's part of this narrative. I don't think he's... Is a, he? Well, I, listen, Eddie Hearn and Kel Brook wanted the Amir Khan fight long before Amir Khan was part of, you know, signed a the deal with Eddie stable. Hearn. Yeah. Um, so you've got to remember they were at loggerheads for a while. It was very bitter in the public with quotes and comments and so on. Um, you know, th- th- it was a very difficult situation. I think Amir's ego wanted him to be the A-side in that promotion. They went back and forth. Khan was is always after those bigger fights. He knows the Calbrook fight is there whenever he wants it because Cal has the insecurity that he hasn't fought Amir. It's not the other way around. Amir doesn't care. Mm. He doesn't care if he fights Cal. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. He's, he's a big enough name without Cal. It's a bit like years ago we got it in a kind of diluted form when Ricky Hatton didn't want to fight Junior Witter mm-hmm. um, when Junior Witter was the WBC uh, welterweight champion. I remember Ricky not wanting that fight and it wasn't just about it was because Witter had said things about him he didn't like. You know what? He didn't want to give him a big payday. Yeah. Um, so that comes into it. But now that, that the, the dust has settled on, on Ricky's career, we don't sit here and say, oh, he never fought. I do. I do, do you? I, no, 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 no. When no, I think about I Ricky's mean, career, I no. think about the big nights in exactly. Vegas no, no. and the fantastic night against Costa no, Zou. I, I don't I do, think about that. I do th- did think about it because I just brought it up. So I obviously <laughs> think about it. But what I, no, no, I completely agree in that sense. It's not something that's missing from his career. Look, h- here's what happened. Remember... 18, two years ago, two and a half years ago, they were going to fight. And it was, at the time, if you could have got them pushing each other in the studios a little bit and really yabbering at it and really going at it, it was close to a Wembley Stadium fight for me, you know? The time was after the Le Greco fight, surely, when they but, were in the ring and they no, were getting... No, it was before they both fought Saul Canelo Alvarez. Right, yeah, fair enough. And, and Gennady Golovkin, because they both stepped up to middleweight and they got their asses panned. They got panned that night, you know, both of them. All right? They got busted. They got broken. One was brutally knocked out. Talk about beautiful brutality. Canelo's right hand would have knocked out a heavyweight that night. He sent it from, I don't know, it came from out of space, that punch. Khan was banjoed. In the same way, Calbrook put up a valiant performance for a few rounds against Gennady Golovkin when he was still at his wrecking ball best. And he just had his orbital socket smashed. It mucked him up. It bust him up. He, it made him realise that you get beaten up by bigger men. They both made money. They both made um, matchmaking mistakes that night, in my view. And so that fight between them has never been the same. And it took the pressure off Amir Khan, mm. not put it on him, in my view. Do you think we'll ever see it? I hope so. I don't think we will, because I think if Amir Khan does 
beat um, Terence Crawford, I think we'll see him fight someone like Conor McGregor. Or that's the kind of things he's looking for. Say that again. Or yeah. Manny... Is it Conor McGregor? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Conor... Why not? Why not? No, come on. He, what, he... Listen, they said the same about Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor when I first started saying it about a year before it happened. Promotionally... People are shaking their heads around here. They'll be up the fight when it happens, if it happens. Don't don't worry about that, because it can make money. That's that's what Amir was interested in, fights that make money. The Pacquiao fight's there for him as well. It's a great fight. Pacquiao's one fight in the UK that could be, mm. you know? Mm. Um, I'm just in th I'm fantasizing. These are fantasy... So, some of... When you when you allow yourself to free flow and fancy in, in in fight sports, sometimes you come up with brilliant matches you've never thought before that you know would work, that you'd know would from resonate. A bit, from a business point of view, yeah. No, well, that's you what know, it's all it, about. It's that yeah, boxing is a business. Nobody animal. wants to see Conor McGregor and uh, yeah, they Amir do. Khan fight. Yeah, they do. They they do. I, I'm they telling you that could if they want to see Conor McGregor and Paulie Malignaggi fight. Believe me, if if Con, if Amir Khan and Conor McGregor had a beef, and Khabib was training him a little bit. They, they, the Mus Muslim brothers got together, they created a news line. You, uh, come on. You know, it's, it could be, Khan is a big enough figure to, to project into a really big fight if he beats Bud Crawford, is what I'm saying. Um, do stick with us. We've got lots to get through uh, on this show over the next hour or so. Do stick with us. We've got an hour left here from uh, New York City as we preview Crawford Khan. Don't go anywhere. The time has come. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night, live from New York City with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies on TalkSport, the home of boxing. Uh, this is Fight Night, kickoff special on TalkSport in partnership with BT Sport Box Office. Watch Crawford versus Khan this Saturday night. Only on BT Sport Box Office. We're in New York City, across the road from Madison Square Garden, uh, where this event goes down at the weekend between Terence Crawford uh, and Amir Khan. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure to be with you. Uh, Gareth Air Davis uh, alongside me, just getting stuck into some of the local cuisine. Did you enjoy that salad there? Salad and um, salmon. It was absolutely gorgeous. Because I tell you what, it's been, that's the other thing. It's like it's only the afternoon here, but it's already kind of, what is it, eight nine p.m. in the UK. So, yeah. so we've been going all day already, and we I think we forget to eat because as I say, we're so buzzed up by this event. And there's so much to see, and there's so much going on that you just forget, and then suddenly you're in depletion mode. And even though we're buzzing, we're using up all that energy. That's why fighters have to have a good diet, Adam. Mm. With you Are you classing yourself as a fighter? Is that what you're doing? Well, I'm a fighter in, in my existence, yeah. <laughs> but not, not, not fighting other people for a living. No, I'm not a prize fighter. Not in the way that Terence Crawford has grown mm. up to be. I mean, you know, what a backstory. I mean, Amir has had a silver spoon in his mouth, in a sense. Having had the Olympic training program, being being an overnight star, everything kind of going his way. He was considered the golden boy. He was signed, signed remember, by Golden Boy Promotions from Frank Warren. He had all the blue chips looking after him. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm <coughs> choking there on my salmon. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, Terence Crawford has hauled himself up from the bootstraps, as they call it in America. And he's really come through in an amazing way to be an exemplary story. This is a guy who grew up in the hood, used to play a lot of dice gambling, you know, they played dice at night, make a lot of money, he got shot twice, he had a bullet grazed the back of his head one night and he drove himself to hospital. He's become a great boxer, three-weight world champion, but he now goes to Rwanda 
as part of a charity mm. taking uh, medical supplies and like he goes after at least after one or two fights a year to Rwanda with um, one of his teachers from from high school who he hooked up with again to be involved in this yeah. I love these kind of stories he's an extraordinary guy he's a fascinating guy um Maybe from the I hate using the word casual fight fans perspective, but from the from the perspective of the sports fan that maybe nips in every now and again uh, to pay a little bit of attention to boxing. Terence Crawford, like I said earlier on, for the majority of people in this room that are covering this at the weekend, is in their top three pound for pound list. But when it comes to the the interviews, the razzmatazz, and saying various bits and bats, does he transcend? Does he cross over? Will he will he become that mega mega star that uh, that we've seen others do? Look, he's already 31. He's had 34 fights of 25 knockouts. He's a very accomplished fighter. He's got the adoration of the boxing industry around him. People love his backstory. But he needs those crossover moments, Adam, where um, he does go on the, the big American chat shows where the big writers take up his story. Mm. One of the things I've written about him in my profile tomorrow in the, in the Daily Telegraph is that Warren Buffett is one of his friends, the richest man in the world. Warren will be there in the seats on Saturday night. He'll be wearing a Terence Crawford T-shirt. He'll be there with nine mates in the stands. He always requires ten tickets. And I think what he needs are those kind of resonant moments where those stories are being told all the time. Mm. And he gets in a fight with, I don't know, like a Saul Canelo Alvarez that creates him, builds him into a bigger star. He needs these dance partners. That's why Errol Spence is very important. That's why these guys I mean, need to be built. important. That's why Amir Khan's been picked that's because why, of his profile. Exactly. Exact, his profile because of his reach, because of the five million social media reach that he has. Um, it's all of those factors. I remember when Carl Froch beat um, Jean Pascal in Nottingham in 2008 in a barnstorming war over 12 rounds. It was a phenomenal fight. They, those two men that night left everything in there. And Carl put his arms in the air. I'm doing it right now. Um, he said, I'm the WBC super middleweight champion of the world. I'm a star. I'm a superstar. But he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't a superstar till several fights later when the public decided. And the public in America have not yet decided. I talked about this congested landscape earlier, you know. He needs promoting right. That he, he, he will not be a big star in America till after this fight and a couple of others. But he needs those moments of proclamation. The biggest problem, he doesn't want to talk. Mm. I mean, I caught up That's with him. That's what I'm alluding yeah. to. Well, look, um, I, I caught up with him earlier in the week. He's not easy to get words out of. He's got this incredible backstory. That I and he's actually about. a nice, funny guy. When yeah, he's, he when is. He's, in his company, he, he's, he is, he's dry. And that, but I began by asking him if there was actually any animosity between himself and Amir Khan. I don't worry about that. You know, uh, we only have one opponent uh, that we both have shared the ring with, and he lost to him and I beat him. Bradis Prescott, yeah. Right, so it really doesn't matter what he say. Come come Saturday, he's fighting me. He's not fighting the guys that I fought. I'm not fighting the guys he fought. So all that, I fought this guy, I fought that guy, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. But do you want to make a statement on Saturday night? Well, that, that, that's going to come into play. You know, uh, my main focus is going in there and getting the job done. That's it. But what do you want to achieve in this sport? You're already a three-weight world champion. Talking to Bob Arum, your promoter on the way over, he thinks you might only be 50% into your career. Well, like I said, I, I, I'm going to tell you this time and time again. I feel like I should be further in my career than I am now. Um, I felt like 
Americans been blessed with the opportunities that I haven't been blessed with to fight on national televised uh, coming out of the Olympics and getting those big opportunities that I didn't have the pleasure of getting. So I had to just take what was given to me at at a point of time in my career. We know it's well documented what happened to you in your life, the shooting incidents, you've come up from a very difficult background in some parts. What do you want to create as a message for other people through your boxing career and your success? That I don't want to keep talking about my upbringing. You know, I, I hate the fact that everybody always resort to the past and what happened when I was younger. Like, man, that was so long ago. Like, I'm a different person right now. Like, I'm at a higher level in a, in the a sport of boxing right now, so I don't, I don't really want to talk about the past, what happened in the past. This is just sport for you, and you're a prize fighter and a businessman, in other words. I'm a, I'm a father first. You know, it's just not a sport. You know, I live boxing. I've been boxing since I was seven years old, so it's just not a sport to me. I totally understand where Terence Crawford is coming from in that in that conversation with you about him about him just wanting to concentrate on on the fighting. Of course, that's that's what's in his blood. That's what he is, but. The question that I gave you right at the start of this about being able to transcend, about being going to the next level, to become that world superstar, to obviously to be earning the silly money, you know what I mean, in this sport. Don't get me wrong, you'll get well recompensed for his talent, but to win the silly money that Anthony Joshua, for example, is, is chasing coming over to the States in, in the not-too-distant future. With listening to him talk there, he doesn't seem too interested in that. He doesn't seem too interested to, uh, to transcend and to maybe embrace that backstory, that fantastic backstory and his personality and showcase it. Well, the thing is, look, people have got all their jobs to do. He's got a job. He's done it since he was seven. He became a man when he was seven, basically. Put the gloves on. Um, when he was 12, when he was 12, he, uh, he told his mum she wasn't going to smack him anymore. He grew up in that moment. And the thing is about him is that he doesn't want to be told what he ought to be. Anthony Joshua is a different project altogether, Adam. He's a heavyweight. Heavyweights, you've got heavyweight boxing that earns the big bucks, and you've got the rest of boxing. For the smaller guys, you know, apart from a few eras in history, they, the heavyweights have been where it's always at. It's, it's a completely different level to anything else. But I think with Terence... Um, He's, he's bought this 20-acre farm on the outskirts of, of Omaha. He wants to take his family there to grow up. He might even home, homeschool them. I know he's going to build a lake. He's going to have bedrooms for each all the children. They, he's removing them from what he grew up in. And I think... Give us beautiful. Tell that story. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's what he should do. Well, no, but, but here's the thing. Because people that, are buying into that. That's what but, the majority but, of people's but, dreams said, is, isn't it? To create something better for the children. Yeah. He's got a role to play. He's a fighter and a father. And that's what he says he is. Bob Arum's role, the PR team for top rank, the media's job is... Because he won't do it. He's not Ali. He's not a free spirit out there. He's not a communicator. Neither is Amir. Amir's learnt to do it. Amir used to literally follow what you wanted him to say. He speaks his mind a lot more now. Terence Crawford will always be Terence Crawford. I know we can talk about how he can resonate in America and where does he rank. Right now, he's a star in boxing, but he's not a star in the American sports firmament. Mm, Good point. Uh, do stick with us. Uh, we're going to be talking about pound for pound lists. We're going to uh, be hearing from Teofimo Lopez as well. And we'll keep the preview of Crawford Khan coming on this Fight Night special live from New York. I'm in a New York state of mind.
We're in the um, we're in the cuddling section now, aren't we? You know what I mean? We're playing yeah, the smooth the, the music. The jilted Joel, the jilted Billy Joel, piano man music. Uh, Where's the, Frank tonight? Well, I hope we're getting Frank Sinatra tonight. The boys, the boys back in. Uh, Where's Alicia? The boys back in London. Where's will Alicia? Be, uh, Where's Frank and Alicia tonight? Come the on. boys back in London will be getting ready for uh, the Frank Sinatra big finish. There's no question about that. Uh, this is Fight Night kickoff special on Talksport in partnership with BT Sport Box Office. Watch Crawford versus Khan this Saturday night uh, only on BT Sport Box Office. We're live in New York City across the road from Madison Square Garden in the media centre. It's uh, starting to die down a little bit now as the fighters have been coming through throughout the course of the day and various uh, news outlets, both American and British, ca- capturing their uh, interviews. Make sure you're reading and. Uh, and watching everything as we build up to this fight uh, towards the weekend between Terence Crawford uh, and Amir Khan. And a lot has been made, obviously, of uh, Terence Crawford's status, Gareth, in world boxing. Spoke to a couple of guys from uh, Ring magazine earlier on who uh, who were obviously write for the Bible of Boxing and they've been talking about pound-for-pound lists and they've published theirs. They're they're top ten in the uh, the Ring magazine, pound-for-pound list. You mentioned Lomachenko's name earlier on. He's their number one. Crawford, they've got got in at number two. Alvarez, that's Sol Canelo Alvarez, in at three. Usyk's four and uh, Spence Jr.'s uh, in at five. Golovkin, Inoue, Rungvisai, Garcia, and Yetes make up the uh, remainder of that ten. Do you argue at all with any of that top? Let's go. We'll concentrate we're, on top five, shall we? So, yeah, shall yeah. We have a, if you look at yeah, that top yeah. five, there, do you argue with anything that they've said there? Yeah, of course, always. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're uh, argumentative, you want a crisis, you want a drama, and bringing it. Um, I don't disagree with those five names. Um, I'm going to let you say we were chatting about it in the break. I'm going to say let you say your point, which is very valid, and I agree with you about one of the guys in the other in the bottom five. Yeah. You can make a case for the top five easily. Whether that order is right, I don't know. I, t- I think it's worth noting. You got two Ukrainians, two Americans, and a Mexican there, by the way, which is fascinating. Yep. Um, and also, you've got two guys, one, two, one, two, two guys with amazing uh, Olympic pedigrees from the East, and that's how they came through. And the other ones, uh, one from a massive Mexican heritage, turning pro at, I'm coming to my point, turning pro at 16. I'm looking forward to it, go on. T- turning pro at 16 <laughs> and one of six boxing brothers from the same family in, from Guadalajara, Mexico, yeah? And also, you've got two Americans who have come from very tough backgrounds, who have learnt the old, slick, black American style, who are comfortable in the ring, who, who, who are the natural um, followers on from the likes of Pernell Whitaker and Floyd Mayweather and these kind of go Sugar Ray Leonard yep. as well. The, this kind of this this type of fighter that's come out of America. Um, the order, yes, I'm going for Vasil Lomachenko as you want as the number one. Well, Alvarez's body of work is is pretty amazing. Can I just jump on that? Because you mentioned Sol's name, right? So yeah. You are right. His body of work is absolutely amazing. The level of opponent that he has beaten at the weights that he has beaten him is absolutely sensational. And I shouldn't do this. As a person who covers fight sports, I should look at everything objectively, but I can't get away from You've the drugs thing. You've been a fanboy again. No, oh, right, I can't okay, get away yeah. from the drugs thing. That's just, that's just me. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I can't take the emotion out of, of judging him, which is, which is a shame. Listen, he's in there. I don't like him being in there, but that's just the way so it is. So you're going to swap him for someone else, yeah? Um, well, just personally... I go Lomachenko, I go Crawford, and I go Usyk as my top three. Alvarez is probably in there as, as fourth. Me as number five would be Inoue. Again, that's just personal the, the, preference. The Japanese, like. the Japanese fighter who has proven to be pound for pound with his fist, probably the most dangerous in the world. Incredible hooks that he knocks fellow fighters out of in divisions that we're not used to seeing guys knocked out in, mm-hmm. to put him in context. Mm-hmm. He's like, looks like a choir boy, doesn't he? 
you know yeah. um he's got devastating speed movement timing all those things and we can obviously see him he's fighting in, in the uk isn't he in glasgow uh, in glasgow in a yeah. few weeks time the world boxing yeah. super series obviously uh, just on that because we've mentioned it on many occasions on this show what's happening with the world boxing super series for uh, fight fans that are going to that event in glasgow on may the 18th uh, but Anche can tell her he's happening for the ibf crown which is great news uh, Josh Taylor, a man that I tipped last year, that would become a world champion in 2019. I think he, I think he will do that, and then hopefully move on to a fantastic fight. Uh, with I'm going to jump the gun here and say that Progress is going to come through the other semi-final, and I think those two will go at it. Brilliant! But if you're a fight fan going to that particular event that night, you are going to see something special uh, in a new way. Who is fighting uh, Manny Rodriguez, a man that we saw on uh, Joshua Undercard, didn't mm-hmm. we? who was absolutely sensational that night when he uh, boxed the ears off Paul Butler. I thought he was sensational. He's been brilliant. But I think he's coming up against something really special in a new way. It's oh, an interesting yeah. matchup, that, by totally, the way, totally. because of the length of Rodriguez's arms and the size of him. He's a, he's a big boy, whereas Inoue is very small. But like you've said, his footwork and timing is absolutely sensational. Well, on, that night, on that night, of course, um, Billy Joe Saunders is fighting a Stevenage um, football club. Yeah. Um, for the interim, well, With it maybe for the full. That, maybe, that's the night. Um, Scotland's but, the night, not Steve. Well, it's on BT Sport as well, so you know we give him a little plug there, couldn't we? Um, you know he's fighting at a football stadium. It's going to be outdoors, and also it'll probably be for the. I'm reading today it could well be for the full title. Not the interim title when it comes down to it. I was with Zordo Ramirez last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he was. Um, he's not coming back. Down to Ramirez. He can't come back. Yeah, down to he, he, he's fought, he fought Tommy Carpensi at light heavyweight, of course, last week. Was the holder of the super middleweight crown that the WBO title that Billy Joe Saunders about to fight against Shifit Usufi, is well his name is. Yeah. Um, For the interim title. And I, but well, what I'm hearing, and I think it might even be out there already, may have been out on Twitter earlier, that it may well be for the full title. Okay. I think Ramirez is going to stay at light heavyweight because he's going to get a title shot as well. So and that would be great if that happened because um, I'd, I'd love to see... Um, Billy Joe Saunders against Canelo. Right, can I ask you then on the on the on the top five? Yeah. Um, I go. I I, I think Spence um, inhabits probably my number two. Lomachenko one. Spence two. Really? Yep. Um, Crawford three. Alvarez four. Or maybe even Usyk four. Alvarez five. And the one reason at the moment is I think Spence probably shades it against Crawford. Although sometimes I'm just like a split draw. Like that is splinters right in your buttocks. Do you know what I mean? Deep into your buttocks. It's a split draw because I cannot separate them. But I just feel that Spence is a naturally slightly bigger man and may overpower Terence physically. But do you know what? That, Don't sleep on his skills fight. as well because he's got sensational skills Listen, Spence. He is also... The only guy I've ever heard people say, oh, my God, he schooled Mayweather when they were sparring. And it's gone around the circuit, you know, and Mayweather loved him. And, you know, that Spence's, you know, I remember seeing Spence the first time physically. And when he fought Kell Brook, he, he's naturally quite a big man. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a, a big one four seven. There's no question about that. He's a big one, exactly, and he's spiteful as well. And and, and he's talented. I mean, I know that there was a lot made of the fight with Garcia that it's all going to be about size. It wasn't all about size. If they were all middleweights, right? Just say they were all middleweights. How would you rank them in order? Let's say they all have those styles they have, but they were all middleweights. How would you rank them? Wow. Uh, <laughs> Lomachenko and Crawford are the ones for me. 
Well, my, Lomachuk and Spencer are my two. But listen, I, I kind of want Crawford. In a weird way, I want Crawford to beat Spence because I think he's got it, got it to fight for because he's come up all those divisions, three weight divisions, and I'd love the underdog to win it. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's like it's it's great to see those five. I mean, it's it's a, it's a great top ten in the world at the moment, mm. and a lot of smaller guys, of course, Ring Versailles from Thailand. You know, it's, Interesting, by the way, just on that that this is the Ring Magazine list that we're discussing here. This top ten, right? Mm-hmm. There's no Brits on there. I know. No heavyweights. We've on struggled there. to get no in. heavyweights. On Carl there. Frampton. Well, Carl Frampton. Do you know what? Tyson slips it. No, not really. But oh, now I'm so biased. Um, uh, Carl Frampton was the last Brit to be in that list. Carl Froch got in there at one point. Joe Calzaghe got in there. Um, that's all I can remember from the last ten or twelve years who slipped into that list. Um, Ricky got up there. With who's who, Ricky who, got up there who is, when he beat? Um, who, who is Costa the Brit Ju- now? Who is the Brit now that could get into that list? Um, well, if Tyson Fury beat Anthony Joshua... What if Anthony Joshua beat Tyson Fury? Do you know what? He maybe still doesn't get in there. Um, I think Anthony <laughs> Joshua... It's hard to say. Look, if Anthony Joshua wipes out the entire division in his next six fights, he probably belongs in there. But compared to the, what these other guys have got, mm. you know... Um, listen, I've, I've said that I reckon Usyk, if he carries it a heavyweight and carries enough power, could oh, give no Joshua que- problems. Listen, there's no question. Could give if, Joshua problems. If Usyk, I mean, he's fighting Takam, isn't he? If he comes out with a fantastic debut, you know, boxes his head off and, he will. and stops Takam. He will. He will. The world's going to go he, crazy. He will. Right? He does that. The world is going to go crazy. <laughs> okay. Let's go crazy now. <laughs> when do the key tequilas start? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah! Ah. <laughs> oh. There's only half an hour left. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> you are listening uh, to a kickoff fight night special from New York City. It's all in association with BT Sport. Don't forget to watch Crawford Khan this weekend from Madison Square Garden. Uh, you can only watch that on BT Sport box office in the UK. So make sure you purchase it and join us in the early hours of the morning uh, for this monstrosity. Uh, coming up next, we are going to catch up with a lad that I, I tipped for greatness last year. He's had a sensational 2018 um, and he's talking... I caught up with him yesterday as well, talking yesterday about the possibility of maybe fighting for a world title in July. It is Teofimo Lopez. He's coming up next. New York, New York. Black Israelites, white women singing under dying lights, baseball bats that never hit home runs. Late nights of black Israelites, white women singing under dying lights, baseball bats that never hit home runs. I got a baseball bat, never hit home runs. My girl got a minimum, leave stuck right there and the number comes. Leave smooth, operator looking like a bum. My girl got the city to run, got the key to the kingdom where the money's from. Never seen the color yellow, never seen the sun. Of it. New, York. New York, baby, New York. Don't you love being here? I love being in New York. I don't like that music. It's not me. Oh, I'll do with it. I'll dance down, dance down Manhattan with that. Mm. Uh, watch Crawford versus Khan this Saturday night only on BT Sport box office. We were supposed to be going to uh, a piece there with Tia Fimo Lopez. I don't know what's happened. Hopefully we. Has he done uh, a runner on us? No, he hasn't. We well, we've already. What do you mean he's done a runner? We've already done the piece, my friend. 
voice has it gone out into the ether? Well, hopefully, because um, it was fascinating. The people back at Talksport Towers uh, will be able to get that to us in the next uh, 10, 15 minutes. Because he's a proper Brooklynite, isn't he? Yeah, because he's top class. He's uh, Tiafimo. So with with that, uh, obviously throwing us out of kilter. I think it's only fair that what we do speak about is the Anthony Joshua situation at this moment in time. Because this week, obviously, the breaking news was that Anthony Joshua, Jarrell Miller is off. Jarrell Miller failing uh, a VADA uh, drugs test. You've heard loads on this on Talksport throughout the whole course of the week. Um, now, obviously, there's that whole debate of who is Anthony Joshua going to be fighting right back here in New York City at Madison Square Garden on June Six the 1st. Six weeks' time. That's right. Well, <clears throat> in my view, it's going to be Michael Hunter, Adam Nowacki, or Luis Ortiz. Um, well, Kowa- uh, he's ruled himself out as, as, as Kowacki. He's, he's basically come out and he said, listen, it's not enough time for me to get ready, which I think is an absolute joke. I'd love it to be Dillian White, but that's me just being... He, he won't take... He was kind of on talk sport, kind of saying he would. And but he's had a conversation with Eddie over the since, last 24 and hours, and he said, listen, we're concentrating on rolling into July. Yeah, I mean, Michael Hunter, um, there's there's the guy, Oscar Rivas, who's also signed by top rank. He's a possible opponent, I suppose. Yeah, we're speaking it to uh, Ron really Lewis. Matter, Ron, Ron Lewis earlier on, we were speaking to him, and he's... He has a hunch that it will be Rivas. He doesn't know. Ron doesn't know. No one knows. Eddie Hearn's not let it out yet. We're just speculating on five or six names who are viable. Um, Eddie will trumpet it out on Monday, but it's all going to be about the Joshua show anyway. They sold 10,000 seats for British fans. You know, they're flying out here in numbers. All the, all the Brits on the, on, the, on the East Coast will come out and support Anthony Joshua. He's a huge figure. 17,000 seats sold in all. It kind of doesn't matter. What, what, the only thing that was good about Gerald Miller was that he might have put up something of a fight, Adam. He's a big mouth. He'd stirred Joshua well, up. that's the big told, thing. That's the big uh, thing. He's a big mouth. He's American. And therefore, he, he would have made enough noise for it to be it, that splash that Anthony Joshua was looking for. Now we're in a situation where... Well, first of all, yesterday when the news broke, it was like people were talking, well, that's off. Well, it can't be off because they've already cancelled April 13th. That was a disaster. They can't go and cancel Madison Square Garden on uh, on June the 1st. That's an absolute PR disaster. He has to fight. Now he's got to go and fight someone. I'm not saying credible. He's got to fight. Two things. It's his debut in America and it's on DAZN. So it's not a pay-per-view. So all they want is people to just come and watch it, not part with their 70 bucks or 100 bucks to watch it so it puts it into a different realm the most important thing about anthony joshua on this american debut is that it's at madison square garden we've talked about it a lot on the show it's an iconic sporting venue it's a bucket list box ticked off for fight fans and sports fans but also for anthony joshua to follow in the lineage of the likes of muhammad ali and all those guys so it doesn't matter all that matters is that he resonates in the media here and they love him. He does a good job in fight week. He does a good job on the night and looks spectacular and knocks his opponent out. We spoke about it earlier. Hmm. It'll be a flick of a line in the narrative of Joshua's career that Gerald Miller tested positive for GW 1516, which was banned 10 years ago because it's a very pernicious, hmm. if I can use that word on this show, drug. Um, that he should not have been taking. Let me, let me ask you this then, because I've, I've, I put something out on social media this morning and I've had a little bit of something back from various fight fans saying that I'm talking absolute nonsense. Is six weeks enough to get yourself ready to fight for the world championships of the world for the best part of $5 million at Madison Square Garden? I think it might even be more than that by the time they get the guy in there. You know, um, there's, as, uh, as we know, 6.5 million dollars was on on the table for Gerald Miller um, 
ten times more than he'd ever earned, frankly. So why he took those drugs, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. But this is our sport. This happens in boxing. It doesn't happen in other sports where you're almost nailed down to be the loser and you've got five million quid coming your way and you decide to do something pernicious or stupid to stop yourself getting there. But with those he- so. other heavyweights that Eddie and Max Room and Anthony Joshua are talking to right at this moment in time, for them to come out and say, oh, it's not enough time for me to, to have I mean, those fights. They won't fights. say that. Yeah, well, but they well, have. Some have come out and said it's not, yeah, but it's not enough time for board. me to get ready. They're already in the chess match. They're already pieces on that big chess board that's going on in the heavyweight division at the moment. Six weeks is, is enough time to get ready, especially when there's three world title belts on the line. There's life-changing money there for you. And you know what? To satisfy, if you have to, to satisfy the crowd and you're not in a risky position and you're getting experience of being in a big occasion against a formidable world champion who's growing all the time and whose presence is growing, it's a great opportunity. I mean, that's what they're in it for, their prize Yeah, prices. it's just interesting to get other people's opinions on that because, again, me and you both cover mixed martial arts, right? And we're used to fights falling off at the last minute, guys stepping in, taking chances, you know what I mean? And... And taking fights at, what, five days' notice? A week's notice? Two weeks' notice? Michael Bisping became world champion on ten days' notice. Yeah, but it helped him. But that's the thing. Michael suffered terribly. Michael Bisping, the UFC fighter from Clitheroe, DJ as he was, back up in Lancashire like you were once. That's it. I was trying to do the accent then. It wasn't very good. It doesn't work. It's a good effort. It's a good effort. But but he he had tried three times to become the world champion. Um, if If Luis Ortiz comes forward... Uh, as the opponent, I think it's really it's a great fighter um, to have for this event if they can do it. Do you take a tricky southpaw on six weeks' notice, though? If you're AJ, no, you probably don't. But if he does, it'll be brilliant. And you know what? Here's words to Eddie. I spoke to Eddie yesterday morning. Eddie Hearn, his promoter, wa- was. It goes on on June the first. Eddie, get me anybody. I will fight anybody. Now. Um, yes, he is a tricky southpaw. When he's in the mood, he gave Deontay nightmares for a couple of rounds against him. I was at there at the, the Barclays Centre in Brooklyn just down the road. Um, Luis Ortiz is ranked third with the WBC. Listen, I'm not, eighth with the IBF. I'm not arguing with you. Luis Ortiz and is the fight. That's a great fight. If, if it's a make superb it. fight, but will they make that fight? Yes. T- why, why not take it, Anthony Joshua? Yes, he is tricky. You can prove all your detractors wrong away from home in America, and they'll all say, oh, my God, he's taking this guy. What, exactly what you're saying now. He's taking probably one of the trickiest fighters in the division. Maybe not as tricky as Tyson Fury, but you're taking a really tricky fighter, southpaw, cute when he wants to be. Who did some damage to Deontay Wilder. Yeah, I know he Deontay did. came he through, did. but he did some damage he did. to him. But he, he is old. What is he, 39, 40, something like Come that? He's on. old. He's older than that. All right. We always say that about Cubans. But there's nothing wrong with Joshua taking that fight because it will enhance his kudos in this event. Mm. Uh, you've mentioned Eddie's name a couple of uh, times there. Eddie's not in America because he's, uh, he's covering something else this weekend. We are in America with Frank Smith, who's Eddie's right-hand man, uh, and I caught up with him uh, yesterday at the Amir Khan Terence Crawford press conference, and this is what he had to say on the matter. Everything that happened overnight, obviously, with Jarrell and all those things going on, what's the latest? What can you tell us regarding an opponent back here at MSG for AJ on June the 1st? Yeah, look, there's a lot going on in the background. Obviously, we're, it's very fresh for us as well. We found out late last night as well. So, you know, we're working in the background to try to try and sort of come to a, a suitable arrangement for everyone. We're working with our teams, working with the zone, Sky Sports, Madison Square Gardens. You know, there's a lot of, a, a lot of things to take into account here, and we've sold 
close to 15,000 tickets already. We've got a lot of travelling Brits coming over, booked, booked their flights, hotels, etc. So AJ's in preparation. He's training June 1st, Madison Square Gardens. You know, we can't say too much at the minute about the Jerome Miller situation, as you've seen. He failed his Varda test, um, and right now on that on that side of things it's all we can really say but you know we're working we're working hard behind the scenes he's going to ask for a, a b sample of his test to be taken and you know, we'll see what happens there but, but regardless of that aj june the first is definitely happening here at msg that's a- our, against somebody it, that's our plan aj june 1st madison square gardens you know and we're, we're out there we're talking to possible replacement opponents as well and you know we'll as soon as we know more we'll update we'll update the fans there you go that's the official line frank smith speaking to me yesterday at the uh, crawford Khan. Uh, press conference, no news as of yet, but when there is some news, he'll throw it your way. Just an interesting It'll note. It'll be Monday, I think. Just an interesting note, by the way, from a matchroom point of view. Um, they have signed Murat Gassiev. Yeah, that's today. great, isn't it? Yeah, and, he's, yeah. and he's going to heavyweight. Yeah, but you, they don't <laughs> want to throw him in against Anthony Let's Joshua. Do it. He would, he would abs- <laughs> I mean, look at the size discrepancy there. He's not a massive cruiserweight either in terms of size. You know, he's a very powerful man. Um, but, uh, no, these guys have got to take their time to fight the likes of Anthony Joshua. He's a beer moth, remember, physically, you know. A beer moth? A beer moth. Or a behemoth? I, t- I say a beer moth. Um, <laughs> you, can give it, you can give it the beer moth all you like. But the thing is, I, I, I tell you, last week, I, I, when I was with Amir Khan the last time in the Hayward Gym, owned by Virgil Hunter, Dominic Brazil was in there. I got a fantastic interview with him. He's a really interesting guy. And I, like... I'm quite looking forward to him against Deontay Wilder, mainly because like the all the trouble with their brothers in the background, yeah. and all the familial disputes. And, There's a bit of narrative there, and you know, he's a really big man as well. He's the only guy that is he six eight? Is he taller than Joshua? He's a big, big guy. I had a selfie and I didn't post it because I look like a midget. <laughs> He's on fire today, isn't he? He's on fire. Listen, we caught, we did catch up with Tiafimo Lopez earlier on. I want you to hear that interview. Hopefully, we're going to hear it next. Uh, this is Fight Night, kickoff special on TalkSport in partnership with BT Sport Box Office. Watch Crawford versus Khan this Saturday night, only on BT Sport Box Office. We are live in New York. Kickoff Fight Night special, live from New York City with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies on TalkSport. Now, this is Fight Night Live, kickoff special on TalkSport in partnership with BT Sport Box Office. Uh, watch Crawford versus Khan this Saturday night on BT Sport Box Office. I'm Adam Catterall. It is a pleasure uh, to be in the company right now of the one and only Mr. Tia Fimo Lopez. I'll tell you something, the people are out and about taking, yo, the, yo, pictures, yo. taking the pictures of the mayor man and what have you. How are you finding fight week, mate? You must, do you buzz off stuff like this? I know it's not the first time at Madison Square Garden, but I suppose this is maybe the first time that the billing is going up a bit yeah, and the yeah, attention's yeah, yeah. coming a little bit more. How are you finding it? I find it great, man. Um, honestly, this is my fifth time fighting at Madison Square Garden. Uh, third time, this will be my third time in the big room. So I know the atmosphere, I know how it feels, and just to know that I'm fighting a uh, co-main event for this pay-per-view fight, uh, definitely this card is definitely going to be a great one. Gareth, just just uh, for people listening back home, when uh, Tio makes the reference to the big room, you hear Madison Square Garden, people automatically think that it's just one arena, which we're used to in the UK, obviously, but Madison Square Garden has got many different yeah, yeah, rooms yeah. that you can yeah. go and have a little bit of a knock in. You've obviously experienced fights in all the rooms, but the big room is the special room, isn't there's it? A, there's a magic dust in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> there is a magic dust in the air, and it goes all the way back in time. Tiafimo knows his history. We all love our history of boxing. You know, Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier there in the fight of the century in 1971, the richest prize in sport at the time. All these great occasions, you know, the Lennox Lewis's, the Nazim Hamid's for us, the Ricky Hans, Joe Calzaghe, all these guys have fought there. And you guys sense something in these big arenas, and you're one of those guys. You're a big night, big fight 
performer, aren't you? It's what you're built for. You, we, we spoke about it at Lomachenko Crawler last week. Yeah. These are the, the these occasions are the kind of you, you even think they're medium for you because you want to be you want your face on a billboard above Madison Square Garden in Las Vegas, all those places, don't you? Absolutely. I just want the name Teofimo Lopez. You know, my father when his time is up to to have that you know like to know that his name and my grandfather's name was up in in high that it was marked in this world yeah. you know so things like that but i so have it's a legacy thing for you it's a legacy absolutely it's a legacy thing and and that's what we we're searching for you know i just want to be the best at, at what i do and that's really what it is it's nothing it's nothing trying to find for clout or anything like that all i'm trying to do right now is be the best that i am that i know i am and just to show everyone step by step each fight and it's working. Look, co-main event, pay-per-view, ESPN, pay-per-view. Um, and this is going to be a great one, you know, before the Amir Khan-Crawford card uh, fight. So things like that I'm very excited about. And Madison Square Garden is the the next thing right now. Mm. 2018 was a fantastic year. Yes. A lot of highlight real <laughs> knockouts, my friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're on a lot of people's uh, end-of-year videos of check this guy out with the way that he's going about his business. Um, 2019, realistically now, I know that you've had conversations with the WBC in particular. There's an opportunity at some point, maybe at the back end of this year, to be fighting for a world title. Not yet. Uh, hopefully, as everything goes planned, depend, uh, knowing how we are going to perform come Saturday night, uh, we have July, main event, and let's make that a world title. With WBC, make that stuff happen. With well, 140 and or what, like 135. 135. Well, the, oh, so that Luke Campbell, maybe? Maybe Luke Campbell, like I said. So, um, so what about, can, look, can I just rewind you to last Friday? I yes. mean, you were very prominent uh, in, the, in the plush seats, the very VIP plush seats, mm -hmm. yeah. and in front of the media last Friday night at Vasyl Lomachenko. Now, at the post-fight press conference, you were already boogieing like you are now by then, yeah? <laughs> and you know you did... You know, it's brilliant to have He's you around. He's getting ready for a celebration. That's what he does. People, when he knocks people out, he dances. I, I only had to witness for a couple of hours there how popular, popular you are with the fans. People love your fighting style. I didn't know style. it was like that. They love your personality. It's crazy. Yeah, but you've got the lovers and the haters, and that's brilliant. It's what you want, yeah. you know? Um, you're a very confident young man. You Thank are you. indestructible at the moment. Mm -hmm. But you're 21, aren't you, yeah? Yes, 21. Um, I'll be 22 and, in July. And... and you're calling out Lomachenko hard, yeah? And I asked him at the post-fight press conference, I don't know if you heard this, who is the hardest to prepare for? Luke Campbell, Mikey Garcia, or Teofimo Lopez? And his answer was Luke Campbell, Mikey Garcia, Mike Garcia, and Mikey Garcia. And Mikey Garcia. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. heard it, you know? Uh, I heard is, it. Is he, is he giving a flick to the youngster? Listen, Sonny, you're not ready yet. Uh... I think more so of you guys think of it like that and you guys are going to take it like that. I think it's more so he just doesn't want to put, he just doesn't want, he doesn't want anything to do with. He doesn't fear you. How can Lomachenko fear you? He doesn't fear you. You That's must you know think? that. Of course he doesn't. Why would he fear you? All right. Why would he fear you? Because I'm Tell young, why. sharp, fast, young, hungry. He's an aggressive they're the hardest guys to fight. He's a counter-punching southpaw who's very aggressive and who creates angles, okay? We know they're very, very difficult fighters to defeat. How do you defeat him? Okay, what do you do? I mean, most people say you jump on him. You're a bigger man than him, naturally. Most people say you jump on but him. What would you, box as well. What would you, I know he that. Box guys, well. No, the thing is that makes me laugh is because I haven't even shown you guys all what I could do. Why? But they haven't given me the... They, there's no opponent so far that has given me the competition to give me that. And I don't even think anybody would to give me that challenge to bring out something uh, something different from Teofimo Lopez. Mm. You guys haven't seen anything yet. I have so many tricks up my sleeves 
that <laughs> you guys think the behind the punch and so many things is just that. I'm just showing you guys little things, but I have so much, so much. And I think with time, as the years progress and everything, I don't see this fight happening, me and Lomachenko. Why being Maybe is, not for two years. No, it's not even for two years. He'd be too small. I'll be at 147 by then mm -hmm, probably. Mm -hmm. He's too small. He's too small of a guy at 35. You know, he fought uh, Corolla. Corolla's not, you know, we're not going to take anything away from Corolla, you know, tough fighter and everything, but he just went in there to try to survive. He wasn't good enough to go out in an aggressive way with him. Cause but you can. Like, good. the whole thing is that Lomachenko has a rhythm that he has, yeah. to, he has to do. He mm. has to feel comfortable. The moment you make Lomachenko get comfortable, that's when you got to start, like, worrying. Yeah. That's when you have to worry. See, the thing is, is, like, with Salido, when he fought, Salido didn't make him feel comfortable. He jumped on him. He jumped on him. Exactly. No matter what that's it was. That's why I say to you, would you jump on him? Would that be your, would you be tactical in that way? The whole thing is, like, don't respect the guy. So, yeah, you go on to him. No matter what. And you pick your shots and you just play the game. When he about to throw, you hit him. Who's the best welterweight in the world at the moment? I got Terrence Crawford. Then you think Errol he Spence. beats Errol Spence, yeah? I got Terrence Crawford, then Errol Spence. And so on and so on. Do you love Tyson Fury like a lot of the British fans Hell do? Hell yeah. That guy is amazing. Yeah? Tell us yeah. about him. What do you think? Tyson Fury, man, he's a giant. Great. He's a giant, man. Uh, do you like the Wilder fight? Did you enjoy that? No, I, I absolutely felt like he won the fight. I yeah. felt Fury, like Tyson Fury. Fury. I felt yeah. like Tyson Fury won the fight. By how many rounds? By freaking 10 to 2. Yeah. There we go. Dan Rayfield's sitting around here somewhere. He had it for Wilder. Yeah? The American journalist. Oh, my goodness. Yeah? Oh, oh. Let's talk about you, man. This yeah. week, this weekend, because obviously we've got, there's a lot of, I wouldn't say pressure on Terence Crawford to make a statement after last week because of that, of that pound for pound debate. He's going in against uh, Amir Khan at the top of the bill. As you've mentioned, you're the co-man feature, okay? Yeah. You will. I know what you're like. I know that in the back of your mind you're thinking, I want to steal the headlines. I want, I want, <laughs> I want people, especially the British media that are sat around us right now. You want them to be writing things about Tiafimo Lopez in the newspapers on a Sunday morning. That's what you want, yeah. So, do you have that in the back of your mind when you're making that ring walk that it is all about? It's not about, you know, doing necessarily the things that you do in the gym. It's about putting out that statement. It's about making that shockwave, sending that message to everybody that you're the main man. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just a takeover. That's what it really is. I'm representing the takeover. That's what we are, and that's what we're going to do come Saturday night. You know, uh, Terrence Crawford and Amir Khan is a mega fight. You know, it wouldn't be pay-per-view if it wasn't. Yeah. So, you know, obviously that's a big fight, and I'm going to be under the card. I'll be co-main. I'll be co-featured on it. So just to know that I have the opportunity that I can actually really steal the show, that's what I'm going to do. Start spreading the news. I'm Tiafimo Lopez speaking to me a little earlier on. Absolutely sensational. He's a character. He knocks people out. Make sure you check him out. He's 12 fights into his pro career, and he's had 10 knockouts. Just a quick one regarding the football, which has been going on, uh, of course, tonight as well. Chelsea have come through against Slavia Prague. 4-3 on the night. 5-3. Uh, on aggregate and Napoli uh, beaten at home to Arsenal 1-0, 3-0 on aggregate they both proceed uh, to the next stages of the Europa League uh, we're going to do another uh, fight night special on Saturday slightly later uh, our usual time of 9 o'clock through till midnight as we build up towards Crawford Khan at Madison Square Garden you're going to be hearing from everybody uh, connected to the fight because we're going to go down to the weigh-ins tomorrow and have a little bit of a chin wag with them hope you've enjoyed the show the sports bar is coming up next enjoy it even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tapiphone.